Okay, are we on? Yes, we are on. Just making sure. I do apologize if there's any going to be any kind of lag, guys, but welcome. Welcome to this uh, live stream for today, the Topics on My Mind live stream for today, the 8th of February 2022. And as shown in the description box, super chats and super stickers are open and would be appreciated if you can do so, um, depending on how much you can donate. You know, one to five dollars don't doesn't matter to me. Uh, any little bit would help out. I mean, I do get paid this week, but you know, in between then would really help out if you guys can do that. Also, live chat, like I said, is open, and uh, it's also linked over at Facebook and Twitter for people to check out there um, as well. As I uh, test something here for a second, guys, make sure everything's working. Okay, it is. But yeah, welcome to this uh, topics on my mind. First of all, as no, as uh, kind of new around with this uh, podcast, video and audio wise. Before we get into the topics, just want to vlog a little bit on what's been going on. Uh, of course, I did a live stream last night or late afternoon yesterday after I got out of work while I was waiting for my bus. May do the same thing tomorrow, uh, depending on the uh, situation. And again, guys, I can see somebody joining up right now, or at least that's what YouTube is telling me. Uh, Super Chats and Super Stickers are opened and would be appreciated appreciated if you guys can do so. Um, No matter how much you can donate, it doesn't matter to me. One to five dollars doesn't matter. Whatever you can do would be appreciated. Uh, But anyway, like I said, um, uh, like I said uh, yesterday, like I said, I did a vlog uh, yesterday. Well, not a video, I did a live stream yesterday, so this will be the second live stream I am doing um, as of right now, and this being the topics on my mind live stream, and like I said, I might be doing one uh, tomorrow after work as well, because my bus, when I get off, here's the thing, when I get off work around um, 4 o'clock or 4.30, the bus that I would have to take home, or take to get back home, I should say, doesn't leave until about 5.26, so I have enough time on my hands to to kill so tomorrow i might be doing a live stream uh here and there or something like that before um i go into go into work and all that i might even do a live stream even before i clock into work uh all depending because of the fact that i i think i think i go in uh, let me double check here i think i go in about 9 30 or 10. i think it's 10 i think it is 10 o'clock i go in yeah, it is 10 o'clock. I go in tomorrow. So the bus I would have to take is the 730, which means I'd have about an hour and a half to go. So I could probably do a live stream uh, in between then and, you know, let you guys see what's going on. Yeah, it's uh, between uh, 10 and uh, 415. So that's pretty cool. Well, so I'll have a little bit of time on my hands. Uh, I could take the 915 bus, but that would get me there a lot later than usual. So I don't want to chance that, and I'll probably take the 731 on Friday as well because of the fact that even though I picked up the shift of 1030 to 630, I think, um, you know, and even though the 915 bus could get me there six minutes before, I don't want to chance it because, you know, here's the thing about the buses, and I've talked about this already. I did a video on this already. Um, 
basically, you know, uh, start the Stanislaus County bus transit, if you will, a regional bus transit. Or no, it says Stanislaus County. It's the start. Whatever. It's, it's just it's the start bus. The Stanis, originally the Stanislaus County uh, regional transit uh, were bought out, partnered. Were basically bought up, if you will. Uh, you know, kind of absorbed into uh, MAX, the Modesto Area Express Bus Transit, and Trans Development. Basically, Trans Development is the overall uh, owners of both MAX and um, START, and they decided to, you know, merge them together um, as one. So what's been going on is they've been um, having a lot of new drivers being trained, They've been bringing over drivers from the Modesto routes over to do these routes between Patterson, Newman, Gustine, Turlock. You know, it's just been a big transitional period, um, if you will. And for me and anybody else that's used to being dropped off at Burger King, which is right over here, uh, which is not a regional bus stop. It's not a regular official bus stop. It's more of what's known as a courtesy stop, a flag down, if you will. Uh, stop or pick up it's one of those and uh, basically that's kind of changed a lot because according to one of the longtime drivers that is now part of this that basically is now part of this merger she's one of the few drivers that is you know decided to stick you know stick with it if you will while others I guess have decided to step away retire or go somewhere else uh, she basically on Saturday, because I had a Saturday schedule, she basically told me and she told some other people as well, though, on the bus that this is a big transition that to sum it up, as I said in one video, it's a big transitional period, which means um, a lot of things are going to change. You're going to have a lot of different drivers doing these routes and some of them will not want to drop you off at these courtesy stops or these uh, flag downs, you know, stops or pickups, they're not going to want to do that. It's going to be up to the discretion because they're going to want to stick to the rule book. And, you know, maybe this being, you know, uh, a new job to them, maybe it's the first time doing this and everything, you know, and like I said, it's a new job for them. You know, they don't want to risk getting in trouble. They might be like a lot of, like with a lot of jobs, like with mine right now, you know, they might be on a, a probationary period you know, a 90-day probationary period, uh, basically, or for a 90-day watch, if you will, to where if they do any screw-ups, you know, they're going to get coached or they're going to go out or they're going to be, you know, out the door. And, you know, I, I could, and honestly, I could sense that some of these people don't want to risk losing this job because it might pay well and they don't want to lo risk losing that paycheck as soon as they can't got on board. So I can, I can see them being, a little weary about, you know, doing the courtesy stops, doing the flag downs and all that, even though, uh, even though trans development, the people at start and max have given them the okay. I mean, a couple, I mean, several weeks ago, several weeks ago, uh, on a Wednesday night when I was taking the bus home, uh, the guy basically said that they couldn't do that. They had to drop me off at Merced and Eucalyptus, which is the last stop in Newman before heading out to Gustine. Well, about a week or so later, he tells me that it's okay. He, he recognizes me. He acknowledges where I would want to be dropped off at. I'm a little taken aback by it. I'm like, really? You could do that now? And he's like, 
yeah, you know, and he's like, yeah, because what he did along with some other people that probably did the same route or did, you know, similar or had similar, you know, you know, um, uh, what, what's the one I'm looking for? Had similar passengers wanting to be dropped off at different uh, courtesy stops or whatever throughout, you know, the routes they take. You know, they probably, you know, from what he told me, they, you know, he brought it up to them. And I'm sure he's not the only one that brought up, like I said, this, you know, similar situation. And trans development, uh, Modesto, uh, Max, if you will, and start, you know, the um, the people in charge. Yeah. You had to get them there. Uh, the people in charge basically said it was cool that, you know, it's a, it's known as a courtesy stop. You don't have to worry of getting in trouble or anything. It's a courtesy stop. And I think the reason they okayed it is because when you go between Patterson, you will, it's like, well, here's what I'm trying to say. The last stop, the last bus stop in Patterson is in front of the Chevrolet before you turn onto Highway 33 or before you turn right and go onto Highway 33. So that's the last stop before you head into Crow's Landing, which is the next stop. And basically, and basically, um, what I can assume when, you know, he brought this up along with other people bringing up similar situations is the reason they said it was cool, it was okay, is because of the fact that, you know, it's a, that basically there's not that many stops in between, um, you know, the last stop in front of the Chevrolet when, before you go into Highway 33, as well as there's not a lot of stops between, you know, going from there to, um, the you know, between there, I should say, and the stop, you know, in Crow's Landing or even the stops around here in Newman. Because there's a stop on Amy and Driscoll, there's a stop in Mercedes and Eucalyptus, and that's it. And then they head to Gustine. So that's why I think, you know, they gave them the okay you know, when it was brought up to, hey, you could do this, not a problem. And I thought that was kind of, I thought that was kind of cool, the guy to, to at least acknowledge to me, you know, a couple of weeks ago that, hey, I got the okay, it's not a problem, we could do this because it's known as a courtesy stop. And then the lady, like I said, the longtime driver that, and then the, uh, the lady that I got is, you know, Saturday, that's been a longtime driver uh, on the, um, you know, for on the bus system that I've rode with before when I used to work at Walmart, and even when, and even she's the same person that I went on the bus with or drove me basically to Turlock to see the MLP movie in 2017. Um, she basically, like I said, she made it more clear. She just said, Look, you know, she just basically said, Look, you know, yeah, they're cool with it, but it's up to, but the one thing she added, let's get into this. Sorry about that. A little, loose, a little bit of a loose uh, nail there, a loose uh, remains of a nail. Uh, but anyway, what she said basically was the fact that, she, you know, that, well, basically what she said is very similar. You know, like, you know, it's okay for them to do that. But what she added, and this, because this is the one thing the guy didn't say, was, you know, it's viewer discretion. It's up to the, not viewer discretion, but it's, it's driver discretion. I'm thinking television there. That's my, you, you, that's that's the word. I mean, that's the word I associate with discretion all the time. Viewer discretion, advise. You know, that was my fault. Uh, but basically, it's up to the driver. It's their discretion whether or not they want to, um, you know, drop you off at that locale. You know, at that area. 
you know, and if they don't, then you have to, you know, take the closest stop you can get. So, yeah, she made it clear that, you know, not only was it okay, like the guy, like the other guy had mentioned to me a couple of weeks ago, when he finally got the clear to do it along with other drivers that are, like I said, in a similar situation. But she cleared it up by saying, look, yeah, it is cool for us to do that. But technically, we're not supposed to, but it's our discretion. That's the one thing that, you know, she kind of, um, you know, added to to it um, and made it more clear that it's up to the drivers, basically, to, uh, you know, to decide whether or not they'll they'll be cool with dropping, you know, you off at that locale or if they're just going to, you know, not do it and drop you off at a different area. And that's it. So, or not different area, but at the, you know, established regional stop, um, if you will. And that's about it. So, so yeah, basically, I know it sounds more convoluted than it should have in these first 13 minutes, so I do apologize. But, yeah, that's basically what it is. So, yesterday, I had a driver, and hold on for a sec while I check something. Sorry about that. I had to chase my dog out of my mom's room. She had an accident in there like about a couple of months ago. And so my mom doesn't want to take any more chances of her walking around and going into her room and doing it again. But anyway, as I was saying, uh, yesterday I had a driver who about a week ago, uh, um, I would say a couple of weeks ago was, you know, driving the morning route, I was doing the 730 and they were being trained. And the guy that was training them is now like the regular driver for the morning routes uh, between 7.30 and I guess 11 or, or noon. Basically, the, basically like the first, you know, like the first, you know, he's basically, he's basically, from what I can understand, like the driver for like the morning routes, early afternoon routes or something like that. You know, that's what he is. Anyway. Uh, this driver he was training is now one of the regular now is one of the regular drivers that kind of established with the routes a little bit. Obviously, they have experience, I think, uh, in previous uh, occupations. But anyway, um, this person, uh, uh, this person basically, um, this new driver, I should say, about a week ago was taking me, was driving me and other people home, right? You know, back to Newman. And I asked them if they could drop me off at Burger King, right? And they said to me they didn't know where that was in Newman. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, you've driven this route, you've driven by Burger King a couple of times, you should know that, right? Well, when I told them it was right over there, I think that's when it clued, they got clued in as to like, you know, the location. When I told them I was like right over here, but then that's when they kind of gave me a bit of an attitude. And they said, well, no, sir, we can't do that there. And even when I explained to them it's a courtesy stop, he said, well, I can't do it. It's not an official stop. Kind of gave me a bit of an attitude, not too much. So I said, okay, fine. Drop me off at me, said, and eucalyptus. 
because that's what he said. He could drop, drop me off at the closest locale. And that's what he did. He dropped me off at Mesen and Eucalyptus. And so I walked and I power walked and I wasn't too happy. And that's why I did that little bit of a rant video while I was walking. You know, because I wasn't too happy at the fact that this person didn't want to drop me off at Burger King, even though it's already established that they can do so because it's a courtesy stop. But again, this is before before my the regular driver that I've known for years kind of cleared things up, basically stating that what this guy, what this person was doing, I should say, was essentially their discretion. Like maybe they knew that they could do that. But they didn't want to do it because maybe they're new at this and they don't want to risk losing the job. Even if, you know, the company said, hey, you guys could do this. It's, we, we give you the OK. We give you the thumbs up. You can do it. This person is probably like, OK, fine. That's that's cool. But I'm not going to risk it because you guys could change your mind, which probably is true. Companies can do that. So anyway, long story short, I wasn't too happy about it. And again, like I said, that's why I did that video walking from there to Knob Hill because I was because the plan was basically this. My mom had gotten off work. She had gone to the gas station that she does in Patterson, drove back to Newman afterwards, went to the store to get a few items, and then told me you know, to meet her there because you know, she was shopping and she figured maybe I'll be in the vicinity, the same area where at the time she's done. And she was kind of tr- and that was kind of true. You know, I was in the, in the same area as, as she was, but or I was going to be in the same area. But not exactly, but not exactly as we planned, because the plan was I get drop it off at Burger King and then I'd walk over to the car, which was right there in the parking lot. Instead, excuse me for a second. Why okay. Like I said, I was just checking something in. My dog's just walking around. She's just um, she may have to go to the bathroom, so I may have to take a break here in a minute. Uh, but anyway. But anyway, long story short, I was as I was trying to say, the plan basically was for me to be dropped off at Burger King. Then I would just walk across the across from Burger King to the parking lot because it's connected right there. There's it's like the Burger King's right here, Knob Hill's right here, the parking lot's in between. So I'd walk to the car. That was the plan. Didn't happen. And instead, I walked from instead Eucalyptus over to where she was, and she was she was kind of surprised. Like, wait a minute, you know, where is he? Right? And then when obviously she saw me walk. Well, she obviously saw me walking, you know, because of the mirror in the car, right? You know, the rear view mirror. She looked up and she probably saw me walking and she was surprised, like, why am I walking this way? And then that's when I explained to her what happened. But like I said, that was before the more established driver that I'm known to ride with or I've known for years. Um, basically cleared things up to me and anybody else that is in a similar predicament, that it's their discretion. So last night, I got the same driver again. But I decided I'm not going to risk this. I'm not going to argue with this person because it's good. they're going to probably say no otherwise. They're going to probably say no anyway. So I'm just going to say, drop me off at Miss Eddie Eucalyptus. And that's, what I, and that's what they did. And, you know, the rest is history. And to me, I'm thinking, okay, I get it. They're probably new at this. They're probably under a watch for the next you know, several weeks, month or so until, you know, they're in the clear. You know, they're probably, you know, under a watch by the company until they're in the clear. And then maybe they might decide to do the courtesy, but right now they don't want to risk losing the job. I can understand that. 
But if the company is telling you along with, along with basically everybody else that might be new to this or being transferred over, you know, from the Max area in Modesto to, you know, this, if they're telling you already, hey, it's cool to do it, then you shouldn't have a problem doing it. But like I said, I can understand why they don't want to, you know, because like with my job right now, it's a 90 day deal. True, a lot of people will say the 90 day deal isn't that big of an issue because you're going to be you're going to stay there anyway. And that's pretty much true. Ninety about 95 percent of the time or 75 percent of the time, people that get through the 90 days, you know, pretty much are established. They're done. You know, they're done, you know, having to worry about, you know, risking this and that. You know, they're going to be okay. They're going to remain, you know, not, you know, no problem. But again, but again, like I said, it's, it's one of those situations to where uh, basically, you know, it's one of those situations where basically, you know, I just got to work around this and all that. So my plan, my plan, hold on for a second. Sorry, just checking my dog. Like I said, she's walking around. But like I said, my plan for the time is just to work around that. And if not just work around it, potentially probably get my bike out of the garage, get the tires fixed on it, and then hook that up to the bus so that if I have to get dropped off at Mercedes and Eucalyptus, you know, moving forward, I could just ride my bike back home. Not a big issue. You know, not a big issue uh, whatsoever. The only benefit, though, about being dropped off in that location, especially if we had into daylight savings time, is at least I'll have a little bit more light to walk with. That That's the thing. You know, that's the thing. At least I'll have a little bit more, more light to um, walk with uh, in the future. But, yeah, that's basically the situation there. And then, of course... Then, of course, as I mentioned in a live stream that I did yesterday, that I talked about, that I just mentioned at the beginning here, uh, basically, you know, basically I had, um, you know, a guy get on me for the fact that I had um, used his character, his curated wrestling character, um, you know, in my men's CAW All-Star Royal Rumble match that I just uploaded as a companion piece to uh, the women's CAW Royal Rumble match that I put up earlier uh, this month, I think about a week ago or so. And to say he wasn't thrilled or anything would be, you know, an understatement. To say he wasn't thrilled would be an understatement. And, um, you know, he just got on me and everything about what I did. And he said, oh, I'm going to call the police. I'm going to you know, what you're doing is a felony, da, 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 da. So like I mentioned in the live stream yesterday, I kind of obliged him a little bit. His, you know, his uh, trolling kind of was semi-successful because what I did is I private the video here on YouTube. I took it off of Facebook. And hold on for a second. I'm going to have to my dog away. Come on.
Sorry about that. I thought my dog had to go potty or anything. She just wanted a snack. So what I do is I break up those um, carry-out meat snacks that they have for dogs. I break it up into her dry food. And not only does it allow her to eat the snack, but also her dry food at the same time. Uh, but anyway, I checked him here. Just want to get the mouse going up and, up and going again. And I do apologize for any bit of lag that may occur because, of course, my computer likes to load at times. Times and that's due to it being, you know, operated by Windows 10. So, you know, what are you going to do? Anyway, um, anyway, though, like I was saying, the guys, you know, trolling as I looked at it, it's kind of semi succeeded because what I did is I privated the video here on YouTube, took it off the public viewing on you, uh, Facebook, took it off the uh, CAW centric uh, Facebook group pages, created wrestling centric, that is. And then I edited the video while it was private. I basically used what was known as the blur option here in the creation studio uh, here on YouTube for, you know, for everybody that everybody has with their channel, you know, the creation studio to edit things. So I edited, you know, I edited it to try to blur out his career, his creation. And for a while, if I would have left it that way and made it public, you would have saw a blur. That's what you would have saw. You would have saw a uh, blur uh, on the screen because that was meant to cover his character, his Bradley Reynolds character. Well, here's what happened. Here's what happened. I'm going to show you this. One of the people that watches my channel and subscribes to me and enjoys my videos and then sometimes is critical about them, like basically, you know, you, here's what, you know, basically saying, you know, you could have shortened this or this is, or, let me give you some critique saying you could have shortened this and this is how you could have done it. Uh, Henry Mark the fourth, that's his name, or at least his uh, YouTube name. This is what he said. And I quote, if I can find it here, here it is. That's what he said. That's what he said. I don't know if you guys can see that. Doubt you can. Let me see if you can uh, see that a little bit. But. Okay, let me let me see. I don't know if you guys can totally see that. It's a little blurry, it's a little shining and everything. Uh, can't, you guys can't see it, can you? But this is what Henry Mark Fourth says. And again, that's his name here on YouTube. This is what he says, and I quote: "This is what he told me. He commented on this 19 hours ago or 18 hours ago. This is what he told me, and I quote: Brian." I promise you, this guy cannot file a lawsuit, let alone tie his own shoes. You should post screenshots of this guy's message. He sounds like a real weirdo, no offense. So what he's telling me right there when he says he sounds like a real weirdo, no offense. He's basically what he's saying that he's not trying to when he says he sounds like a real weirdo, but no offense is he's not trying to offend, you know, anybody you know, in, you know, in any offensive manner. But what he's telling me right there by saying that he cannot file a lawsuit, that, you know, he can't, he doesn't sound like he tied his own shoes or anything. What he's telling me is this guy, you know, basically, as I said in the live stream yesterday that I did after work, talking about this, you know, this guy doesn't have a leg to stand on. That YouTube, that Facebook, that YouTube, uh, the police, the courts, you know, 2K and all them, they would get a good chuckle out of this. And they would point out to him, as I mentioned in the live stream yesterday, that the only person at fault is himself. 
because he's the one that decided to upload the character onto community creations, not realizing that, hey, you're not just giving consent to those that you want to utilize your character in their leagues, like CCL, GCA, whatever, but you're also giving consent to everybody else. You know, it's not just limited to one person. You're giving consent to everybody else. And, you know, that's it. You know, there's no getting around it. It's like when I upload my CAWs, like the ones I make on Sally and myself and, and other characters, the Princess Sally from Sonic the Hedgehog, that is. You know, I'm not getting upset or anything. Of, let's say Wild Hops uses my Sally character in, her, in their A in, in their ANDW league. I'm not being mad about that. I'm not being mad if someone takes my character, puts them in their league, you know, and all that. I'm not being upset about that. You know, because of the fact that, you know, I'm allowing them to do it. I'm I'm basically, when I'm uploading the character onto Community Creations, I am giving them consent to do this. I am giving them consent to do this. And that's what this guy doesn't realize. That if he is the one responsible for putting the Bradley Reynolds character on Community Creations on the WWE 2K server for 2K19 and previous, you know, versions, he's giving consent basically he's giving consent basically to everybody you know not just pacific people you know if he wants to give consent only to only to pacific people mind you like i said in the live stream towards the end he should then just message them he should direct message or private message them and give them the blueprints the schematics of how to do it you know make a video unlist the video in everything, unlist the video, link the video to those he wants to give the blueprints and schematics to of how to create a good replica of his character for the league. That way he doesn't have to worry about this. But again, that's what a that's where kind of the you know issue lies within because who's to say somebody doesn't see his character? Ooh, and thank you for the five dollar super chat at Dean Morgan TV. Really appreciate it. Gino Morgan, really appreciate that. That just came out of nowhere. Thank you very much. That's really going to go somewhere. But like I said, who's, you know, who's to basically say, long story short, who's to, who's to say somebody's not going to look at his character and say, hey, I want to have that character in my league, but then notice who? It's not on the community creations. But you know what? That's not going to stop me. I'll create it myself because they will. That's the other issue. Someone can create his character on their own just by studying what they see. By studying what they see, they could create his character. His, they can create his character. And they know it. They know it, if you will. And, and I bring this up because, like I said in the live stream yesterday, as I said in the live stream yesterday, there's this character in the DCWA Destiny Championship Alliance League known as the Empress uh, Akira Yukama or something like that, or just the Empress. And I remember back with 2K18, I believe, that I wanted this character in my league, but I noticed it wasn't downloadable. So I decided I'm going to take the character's design. I'm going to study the design and do my best to recreate her on my own. And that's what I did. I recreated the character on my own. 
I didn't download her. I recreated her. That's what I did. And hold on for a second while I check something. Just checking my dog again. She's eating lunch. Like I said, she's eating her dry food and everything. But anyway, like I said, she, uh, not she, but um, basically, I wanted that character. So I recreated that character on my own. That's what I did. And there was nothing the original creator could do about it because I had done it on my own. I had, you know, because they knew, wait a minute, I didn't upload the character on the communications or anything. And when they would notice, oh, wait a minute, why does he have her? It's because I recreated her. That's what I did. I recreated her. And there's nothing anybody could do about that. That's the other issue, too, that they have to take into consideration. You can you can basically say, I'm not going to upload my character on the community creations. I'm just going to DM and private message this unlisted video to my friends, to the colleagues I want to utilize my character, and basically give them instructions, visual instructions of how to create them. But I'm not going to basically upload it to community creations because I don't want anybody else to have it. Well, that's a great that's a great idea to do, or that's a great direction to go with. But the problem, the problem, it, it doesn't prevent people from creating it themselves. It doesn't. I mean, why do you think, you know, as the years have gone by, and we've had all these vast improvements with community creations in the WWE 2K series, that one of the biggest options, one of the biggest, you know, um, you know, add-ons when it comes to it is you know, the, the photographing, if you will, or the downloading of pictures and imagery. It's because they know people would love to see their own face or see some kind of representation of the character they're creating, you know, on screen. You know, so they're allowing them to do this. I mean, it's like I said, if Marvel, Disney, well, Disney owns Marvel and all that, but if Disney overall through Marvel and Star Wars, Lucasfilms, that is, if you know, the manga and anime companies behind, you know, um, shows and franchises like Cowboy Bebop, Naruto, if, if you will, uh, My Hero Academia, you know, One Piece, you know, well, yeah, One Piece, you know, One, One Punch Man um, or Invincible or, you know, let's say Yu-Gi-Oh, whatever, if they felt like you know, people recreating their characters in the community creations was a big effing deal. They would have said something a long time ago. They would have come out and said, hey, can you please not create our characters in your game because you don't have the rights? They would have said something a long time ago, but they didn't. Why? Because it's not that big of a deal. And they know people have access to all these visual options on the Internet to be able to recreate the character, no matter how they do it, in the game. So, so by knowing that, they don't find it as a big deal. Because guess what? It gets their character, their franchise, more exposure. Even if it's a creation for a fighting game or a wrestling game. And that's it. You know, that's it. That's all it really is. That's all it really is. It is basically that. And, you know... That's why they don't make a big stink about it. If they wanted to, they could have made a big stink about it years ago. They could have done what, let's say, NAS is, what NAS has done 
with Yu-Gi-Oh! Everything. They could have made a big stink about what he's doing. You know, like what I'm trying to say is, okay, let me let me rewind. Okay, there we go. What I meant to say is NAS has been targeting Yu-Gi-Oh! Everything, right? You know, because of what he's uploading. You know, they've been giving him strikes. They've been trying to get him taken down and stuff, which, you know, they shouldn't be doing because he has the right, he has fair use in doing what he's doing. Anyway, long story short, long story short, mind you, he basically had to private privatize all his videos that were being targeted. Now he's going to slowly bring them back up. Anyway, as I was trying to say, if any of these studios wanted to make a big stink about what was going on, on like NAS is doing with Yu-Gi-Oh, they could have done it a long time ago, but they didn't because they know it's not that big of a deal. It's not. The, the, point, the point is, the point that I'm getting at is this. You know, these people, whether it's this guy that made a big stink about Bradley Reynolds' character or whoever else, they need to realize that if you're going to upload them to community creations on the WWE 2K servers, or maybe the future AEW servers, or whatever, when that game comes out, or the future create community creations for the you know, upcoming wrestling games that are based on ultra-violence, based on this or that, you know, you got to realize that not, you're not only giving consent to uh, other, you know, to the Pacific people you want to give consent to, you're giving consent to everybody. And you need to wake up and realize that. All right. And hello to David, uh, uh, David uh, White at Arcade and Toy Channel. Welcome to the uh, live stream. And again, guys, super chats and super stickers are open if you want to help donate. Doesn't matter how much you can afford, it'd be greatly appreciated. Dino Morgan TV just donated five bucks or whatever you guys can do. That'd be appreciative along the lines as well. But like I said, you know, like I said, you know, the thing is, these people have to realize that when you're uploading these things to community creations, whether it's a wrestling game that has it or a fighting game like Soul Calibur 6 has it or whatever, you're giving consent not just to, uh, like I said, not just to the people you want to have, you know, a usage or you want to give usage to of that character to for their leagues. You're doing it for everybody else. I mean, it'd be like if Angry Joe decided to upload his own version, his own creative version of himself onto community creations. You know, he's not just giving consent to, let's say, his angry army or other Joe or Alex, if you will. He's giving consent to everybody else. Same with James Wolf. Hold on for a second.
Right, sorry about that, guys. Had to see if my dog had to go potty. She was walking around, and you never want to take a chance. Like I told you, mentioned earlier at the beginning, um, you know, she did an accident in my mom's room about a month or two ago, so my mom doesn't want to take any chances when she starts seeing her do that. Um, but anyway, like I was saying, you know, you're giving discretion basically to, to everyone when you upload your character. You know, whether it's an OC or whatever, you're giving discretion to everybody. I mean, why do you think nobody's talking about the fact that I have Nadi, N-A-D-I, you know, as part of my league? Why do you think nobody's saying that about the John Blackos character that somebody created on, I think, it was CCL or utilized it on CCL, DCA? Why do you think they're not saying anything about the great D and all that? Or Zach Starr or Matt Black or Mason Chronic or, you know, Harry Murdoch or Harry Murdoch or anything. It's because they know that either A, it's not a big deal. Well, you know, it's not a big deal and it gets their character more exposure. Or it's the fact that they realize that even if they didn't have, an, have that character uploaded, people would still find a way to recreate the character on their own. And that's it. You know, they know there's no getting around it. And again, this guy shouldn't make a big deal out of it, it whatsoever. And like I said in the, in the live stream, I think all he was doing was trolling because maybe he was bored and he wanted to have some excitement. So he figured, hey, I don't think this is a big deal, but I'm going to make it a big issue. And there you go. And it's like that one person, the Henry Mark, um, the Henry Mark uh, the Fourth, if you will, said, you know, the guy can't do a lawsuit or anything because basically, like, I, you know, to coincide with what I said in the live stream yesterday, you know, he does not have a leg to stand on. And thank you for the compliment on the toy collection, my friend. A lot of people feel it's kind of ridiculous to collect like this, but what are you going to do? Uh, but yeah, basically he feel basically to coincide with what I said, you know, the guy, he doesn't have a leg to stand on because he could, because here's the thing. Imagine if you take somebody to, to court or you call the police on this or you say this and that, and they're going to be like, well, why are you mad at him? How did he, well, not mad at him. Well, not only would they ask, why are you upset about him? Why this and that? But they also ask, well, how is he at fault? How did he get access to your character? And then that's where he'd basically have to explain. Well, either he'd have to explain that either A, he uploaded the character to community creations, or B, the guy created him on his own. And they would be like, well, I don't see a problem with that because one, you're the, because if he says, oh, I uploaded the character to community creations, the people are going to tell him, well, you essentially by doing so gave consent, not just to the people you want to give consent to, but to everybody. You know, you, you gave consent to, you know, to, to everybody out there. You know, you gave consent to everybody um, out there uh, that uses the community creations. And, you know, and, I, and and that's what they would tell him. Or else if he points out, well, he created it because I never uploaded it on the communication. They could say, well, if he created it, that's his that's his decision. You're the one that had it out there for them to to create. So there's no, no issue. So, again, I think it's just a guy that wanted to cause trouble and all that. I don't even know if he owned the character. you know. And if he did, it, like I said in the live stream, maybe he didn't upload it, upload it to, um, you know, to, to the community creations and someone recreated his character and d did it for him, you know, without telling him. So if he has any issue to take up with somebody, he should take it up with the person that did that, you know, not the person that downloaded it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But, yeah. What I did basically um, last night, what I did basically last night, though, is um, 
I downloaded because one of the things about your main channel is you can download your videos. You can download your videos for future use, maybe to back them up in case something happens. So I downloaded uh, the Royal Rumble match. And I think I made it public a little bit for a brief time, but I downloaded it. I went to Cyber Power Director and basically rendered it um, in 1080p, 60, 1080p at 60 frames. So going from uh, essentially 720 to 1080 at 60 frames is a bit of an improvement. I would try to go 4K, but that would take a long time, and I can't do the speed on it anymore that like I used to. There used to be an option where you can speed up your 4K rendering, but it's not there anymore. But yeah, I rendered it in 1080p you know, at 60 frames per second and re-uploaded it, and that's what you saw earlier uh, today. You know, as the newest um, video, it's basically been re-uploaded, but now in 1080p at 60 frames per second. Because, again, the guy can't really do much about it because of the fact that what what how is he going to present it? How is he going to do this and that? I mean, even YouTube be like, why are you flagging this guy? You know? You know, you know, why, why, why are you flagging this flagging this guy and everything? It, it doesn't make sense. You know, it doesn't make sense in anything. And if you're flagging him for something he didn't do wrong. And again, they'd be pointing out that the only person you have to blame is yourself. And that's it. That's the only person you'd have to blame is yourself. And that's all that's about it. That's all they could say about it. If he has no one to blame but himself. But anyway, though, guys, that's what's been going on over this weekend, over this past uh, weekend and week, if you will. Uh, I do work tomorrow. Like I said, I work around 10 in the morning and um, I'll be off by 415. But again, I got to take the 526 and hopefully, hopefully the driver I get or drivers I get won't be, you know, as stingy or not risk taking, if you will. And they'll be more willing to drop me off over at the Burger King instead of just Mercedes Eucalyptus. We'll see what happens. But let me know if you. But let me know in the comment section in the live chat right now if you guys have ever rode the bus in a similar situation, uh, like uh, like I have. Because these are not the big buses or anything like the Greyhounds and all that, um, or what or the ones you would see in the mega cities. But these are the smaller, more compact ones, if you will, the more compact buses. But let me know. Let me know if you've dealt with something like that in the in the past, in the live chat and in the comments uh, below. But now, guys, we're going to go on to the topics. But before then, I'm going to go get something to drink and check around the house, make sure no accidents happened, and I'll be right back. And if there is a phone call doing all this, that would be my mom and everything. She's going to ask me if I called the Berlotti people or City of Newman because our trash didn't get picked up yesterday, along with everybody else's. You know where we live, so that's an you know, and we're not the only ones wondering that. So that's something that we got to look into, to and see what happened. Hopefully, they didn't change days on us. I'll be back.
Okay, guys, I'm just getting me some lunch right now as well as going to get myself some, you know, some lunch and everything while I get ready to do this. I don't know what that, well, that's kind of some, I don't know what you meant by left on the bus to die when I was young, a school bus. I don't know what that is, whatever, well, you know, whatever that, I don't know what happened there, but the thing is, like I said, with the, um, um, the the thing is, basically with me, you know, I've got so accustomed to, you know, riding on the bus, you know, over the past several, over the past uh, five and a half years, you know, from here to my job at Walmart and now here to the uh, Patterson Park, the Veterans Park, and then transferring over to another bus to go to Turlock and then back forth. Um, I got so accustomed to the, to the stop here that I didn't see it as an issue, but now that trans development, I guess, is now taking over. It's a lot different. But yeah, it's just it's just one of those situations. <coughs> it's one of those situations, guys. That you know, we just I just got to work around, and hopefully, like I said, tomorrow and Friday things will be different. Friday, by the way, like I said, I do get paid, but between now and then, anything that you guys can help donate would be great. Even though I won't get it until later. And if you want to instantly help me out, like uh, just Alex, Alex Hicks says. Uh, when he does a live stream or just a regular video, uh, Venmo is probably the best option to go with with me right off the bat. Uh, so I can instantly get something there. So that's Venmo at Brian-Walmer-2 if you guys want to do that. It's in the description as well. But again, thank you to Gino Morgan TV for helping me out there. Again, guys, Super Chat, Super Stickers are open. $1, $2, $3, $4, dollars $5, whatever you can afford. It would be greatly appreciated in the long run. Now, wait. Well, I wait for the... Um, lunch to get ready i'm gonna have some macaroni here in a little bit let's read off what the topics will be and i do have some new glasses but i like to save those for work so i'm gonna use my old ones here but what we're gonna talk about here topic wise is this these are the topics we're gonna talk about and you can probably see them in the thumbnail when you uh clicked on the video or live stream but these are the topics i'll show you right there that's kind of my (laughs) outline kind of you know direct me a little bit when I'm doing this. Those are the topics. But here are the topics right away. Number one, the Washington football team, formerly the Redskins, are now the Washington Commanders. We will talk about that and the reaction that that's gotten. We'll also talk about the 2022 Oscar nominations being announced today, which, by the way, I do have. I printed off the um, Oscar uh, website. It's 11 pages worth of um, nominations, if you will. So talk about that. Also, we'll talk about February 2022 marks. I should have added 10 years. I'll probably add that in the description later on. Marks uh, 10 years when the Mecca Sally arc saw her transformation to being weaponized. And I should add that maybe, guys. Uh, Hold on for a sec. Hopefully there's no issues here. We're going to take care of this real quickly. Yeah, I forgot to add that. That was um, uh, that's on me, but I did add that. It was since when? There we go. That's better. Sorry about that. I had to change it up a little bit. But yeah, the uh, second. 
the third topic we're going to talk about is February 2022, this month actually, marks 10 years since when the Mecca Sally arc saw her transformation to being weaponized. In other words, when one of the biggest changes uh, to, to the character when she was, after she sacrificed herself to be roboticized, uh, occurred. Then number four, we will talk about 2022 marks 10 years since My Little Pony Friendship is Magic Season 3 debuted as the shortest season, but why? We'll talk about that. Number five, we will talk about will Tony Khan, AEW All Elite Wrestling owner, have to hype up new talents or new... Okay, let me reread that. <clears throat> Number five, will Tony Khan, AEW All Elite Wrestling owner, have to hype up new... have to hype up AEW debuts weekly to pop a good rating. We'll talk about that. And then finally, we'll talk about with the sixth topic, differences between Target, my current job, and Walmart, my former job, based on what I've seen. So I'm going to finish off the six, the topics on my mind with the sixth topic, talking about my own uh, perspective of the differences between both jobs, even though I've been at Target only for a few weeks now, going on a month, uh, starting next week. I'm talking about the differences you know, between the two um, companies, if you will. And I'll be right back, guys.
Okay, guys, I'm back. Sorry about that. I had to get some lunch here. Give me everything. It's one of these um, ones they've been talking about a lot. They've been advertising a lot. He's got to stir it up real good, I guess. I don't know. They don't exactly say, like, what line. I mean, I know what a line is, basically, but they don't say exactly, you know, I'm going to have to do another one later. Who knows? Maybe let that set a little bit. But anyway. Anyway, let's talk about the first topic here, and that is the Washington football team, formerly the Redskins, now being announced, or now calling themselves the Commanders. And to say that, uh, basically, and we're about an hour and eight in, so I do apologize about taking this long to get to this first topic. But to say that the renaming got a lot of uh, reaction was, you know, it would be an understatement because it got reactions, all right, but not the kind I think they were waiting for. Because, excuse me, there. Because of the fact that when you, when you shorten the name of commanders, it's commies, you know, what you'll be shortening into. And honestly, when that, when that kind of realization came out for a lot of folks, when they heard about the commander's name being revealed, yeah, it didn't sit well to it didn't sit too well with a lot of folks because commies, communist nation, stuff like that. Yeah, it didn't sit too well. But here's the thing about the reveal. The reveal apparently was spoiled because apparently there was a helicopter. I don't know if it was a medevac or it was a news chopper or something. But somebody had caught the name Washington Commanders on the side of the stadium. And that's kind of how it got out. Now, it was being talked about a lot for months and everything that this might be the direction they go in uh, with the, um, you know, with the, uh, you know, with the, uh, you know, with the team's name. Instead of just calling them football team, they were going to go with something. And Commanders was one of the names that was being rumored, apparently. And it looks like that was the name chosen because according to some reports, there were people that were working on the name, working on like the logos and everything that have been known to work on official logos for other sports teams and businesses. And, you know, that was one that got along with the uh, helicopter noticing the lo- the name of the team on the stadium. That was one of the things that leaked out the fact that, oh, you know, this name is going to be the new name of the Washington team. And it's like, seriously? You know, this is what you're going to name them. Now, a lot of people could say, well, think about it this way. You have the Nationals in the Major League Baseball. You have the Capitals in um, NHL. And you have the Wizards, <laughs> which is kind of the odd one out. But in the NBA, like I say, which is the odd one out. But still, it's like, look at this. You have all these teams that have, you know, well, three of the four teams that have their team's names you know, associated with Washington presidential leadership and all that. 
And to say that folks were not too thrilled would be, like I said, an understatement. Because like I said, the reaction it got was not the reaction that they were hoping for. Because like I said, when you shorten it to, when you shorten the commander's name, it's commies. And a lot of people associate commies with communist nation, if you know what I mean. And it's not, it's not, you know, a good, it's not a good look for your, um, for your organization if people start realizing, hey, the shortened abbreviation for commanders is commies. You know, so, yeah, I, I don't think, you know, they really thought, I'll be honest, I don't think they really thoroughly thought exactly what they were getting themselves into. Now, other names that have been um, tossed around were names like the Red Wolves, the Red Tails, and a few others. Which, honestly, Red Wolves, I think, would have been good. But then again, you got the Red in the name. You got Red and Red Tails. And, you know, they don't want to have to deal with another backlash like they did with Red Skins. So they figure, why not just go with Commanders? Makes it easier. It associates with the the cat, you know, the um, it associates basically with you know the the place they're trying to represent, which is Washington D.C. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, so and thank you for the comment on there. Uh, but yeah. It's just one of those situations to where when you really get down to it, when you really get down to it, you're going to have another. I look at the fact that Commanders is going to stay uh, for a while, but i got a feeling it's going to get a lot of backlash throughout the years, even if they succeed, even if they get to the Super Bowl and they win it and all that. It's, you know, and, you know, that might, you know, subdue the negativity that the name change is getting. I could definitely see a name change once again happening maybe within the next five, six years if there's a lot of backlash. You know, if there's a lot of backlash, I can see another name change coming eventually. In the next five, the next five years to a decade, I can see it. I can see it because, I mean, I, look, uh, look. Here's the thing: if you would have choose out of all the choices they had, Commanders was probably the best option they had because it's not offending anybody. Uh, in a sense, it doesn't have the word "red" in it, you know, and it's got a good associate, and it's associating. You know, and it's associating basically with um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's associating basically with the territory that you're representing. Well, 
Pretty good. I think the instructions need to be better. I'll try another one later. We are back. Okay, guys, I'm back. I had to get myself a little cottage cheese to kind of, you know, finish up lunch here. I mean, the macaroni was good and everything. Don't get me wrong, but I think I may have to put it at three and a half or four minutes and see what happens. You know, maybe it won't be so watery next time. But anyway, like I said, you know, I think it's probably the best choice they have right now between the names they could have gone with. But... You know, if I'm, if I'm Washington, I'm Dan Snyder, whether you like the guy or you don't, and, I've, and I'm the NFL, I definitely have to reconsider a name change probably within the next five to ten years. Because, you know, success or not, you know, success or not, you know, in the future, um, when you already have fans – basically coming out and crapping on your decision, some probably... Now, look, there are some fans, probably a lot more than we can expect, that are probably cool with it, and are probably seeing the... And probably having a laugh at the fact that, oh, my God, do you realize that they shorten commanders as commies? They're probably trying to get a good chuckle out of it, like, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous that it's shortened to that, but, hey, it's better than real Redskins or whatever. So they're probably looking at the positives of it, not the negatives. And... 
you know, that's what you got to do. You got to be, you got to, you got to look at the positive. You got to make light of the situation. You know, I know that some people, like I said, will look at the fact, you know, in a negative way or even a mixed reaction way. Like you look at how they shorten the name commanders to commies and yeah, it doesn't make, it doesn't look good. But again, you just got, I I think honestly, you just have to laugh at it. You got to look at the positiveness. Like, yeah, you know, commanders, you know, it's a good name, but the ridiculousness of, you know, the, the people in charge, like Dan Snyder and all them not realizing, oh, if we shorten it to, if we shorten the name and Commanders Anders and everything, it's going to be commies. You know, you do have to get a chuckle out of it because it does still show the, and some people would view it, the inferiority of Dan Snyder and the Washington Redskins organization, but not, or the Washington football, I should say, organizations, um, you know, not realizing that, you know, they goofed up again or they, should have, you know, thought out the decision of like, okay, who do we go with better? You know, who who would be a more established or what would be a more established name? And even even Pat McAfee, who is one of the is a who is a color commentator on SmackDown. You know, even Pat McAfee, who has his own show, has said that everybody, even he, was used to, you know, the Washington Football Team. Like it would have been better just to stick with that, but. You know, obviously they have to have a team name and they went with commanders. And again, the reason, like I said, some people get a chuckle out of it is due to the fact that, no, they like the name. It's better than nothing. But they're also getting the chuckle out of the fact that the short sightedness, the short sightedness of Dan Snyder and the Washington football organization, you know, not realizing that when you shorten commanders, it's going to be commies. And then basically that's going to loom over them for the next several years until maybe they decide for another name change. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what they do. But I will say that it is a better it is a better choice right now. It's better than nothing, you know, than, you know, going back, going with a name that might still cause controversy like Red Tails or Red Wolves. I'm just saying. But, yeah, the, the reaction they got was not probably what they were expecting. And the way it just got out beforehand, yeah, if I'm Washington – if I'm Washington, um, I would really reconsider naming, renaming uh, the group or the team down the line. Maybe sticking. Here's what I would do: stick with it for at least, as I said, five to ten years. And if maybe people become more accepting of it and realize, hey, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it is funny that you shorten the name and it's com- and it's commies and all that. But they look at it in a lot li- in a lighthearted way then you have nothing to worry about. But if people keep getting on you about the fact that, oh, well, if you shorten this, it's called, you're making it sound like Washington commies. You're basically making it sound like we're becoming a communist nation. If people start at reacting to it more like that in the next five to 10 years, then yeah, maybe another name change might be in order, but we'll see. We shall see. But what do you guys think? What do you think about the uh, name change from, that Washington went with, you know, from being the Redskins to the football team to now commanders. What are your thoughts? Let me know in the live chat as well as in the comments down below. What are your thoughts on that? Again, let me know in the live chat and in the comments down below. All right, next up, we're going to talk about, for the number two topic, we're going to talk about the 2022 Oscar nominations that just got announced today. That's right. The Oscar nominations that just got announced 
today, you know, this morning. I think the Oscars are. Well, Alexa, what is the 2022 Academy Awards? Here's something I found on the web. According to Joe.E, the 94th Academy Awards ceremony is currently scheduled to take place on March 27th, 2022. There you go, March 27th, basically in a month and a half. And it's usually around this time, mostly at the end of January, that they make the announcement. Anyway, anyway, yeah, they made the announcements today. Again, they usually uh, do it a lot earlier, but because of what's going on, they want to make sure everything's cool. And by the time we get to it, I think most of uh, most of the show, when we get to that show on the 27th, it should be feeling more relatively normal than usual, hopefully. Hopefully, because we'll be in the spring, it'll be warmer weather, and usually with warmer weather, that means less, you know, infections and all that. Be right back. All right, now, guys, I do apologize if the phone does ring, and I may have to call, take a little bit of a break in a little bit, because, you know, my mom, like I said, is going to call, and she's going to want to know if I talk to a lot of people, the city of Newman, find out what's going on, so I may have to take a break to do just all that, just to see what's happening, but we'll find, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens, we'll see what occurs. Um, but anyway, like I said, number two topic, we're going to talk about the 2022 Oscar nominees that were announced today, this morning. Like I said, they usually wait till about the end of January or so. I guess they decided to hold it off till now for safety reasons or something. And then, like I said, when we when the show does come on um, on the twenty seventh of March, that that basically will look more like a normalized Oscar show than we've seen before. That's going to be so that'll be nice to see. But anyway, let me get my glasses, not my new ones, but these so I can read these off, even though I'm big letters anyway. And here it's 11 pages, guys. This is printed off the website. It's 11 pages. But here are the. Um, can I just do something here for a second? But here are the um, Oscar nominations, and it shows right there, Sunday, March 27th, um, Dobley Theater, the Dobley Theater at the Hollywood and Highland Center, you know, Sunday, March 27th, 2022. 
honoring movies released in 2021. So these are the nominees, and we got basically starting off, like I said, it's 11 pages. In fact, it even says it's 11 pages. If you can read it right there, it says it right there. Come into focus, come into focus. I guess you can't really focus that much, can you? It says it, you know, uh, right there. One out of 11. But yeah, they start off with actor in a leading role. And here are the nominations. And it's nice to hear that you got uh, some good videos on your channel, my friend. And thank you for the comment on mine. Okay, but anyway. Here are the nominees. Is because again, like I said, they started off with actor in a leading role. Here are the nominees for actor in a leading role: um, Javier Bardem for *Being the Ricardos*, Benedict Cumberbatch or Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch for *The Power of the Dog*, Andrew Garfield for *Tick Tick Boom*. Will Smith for King Richard. Denzel Washington for the tragedy of Macbeth. Now, if I was to choose who would probably win there, um, probably have to go with Andrew Garfield. But again, you have a staple in there and Denzel Washington. And then, of course, you have Will Smith. So it's going to be interesting to see who wins that. But if I was to go with somebody, I got to say it's got to be Garfield. That'd be Andrew Garfield. All right. So next up, they have actor in a supporting role. These are the nominations for actor in a supporting role. You have Charise Hines for Belfast, Troy Cost, uh, uh, Troy Coster or Kortsur for Coda. You have Jesse Flinnams for The Power of the Dog. J.K. Simmons for being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith-McPhee for The Power of the Dog. Those are the actor nominees in supporting role. Actress in a leading role. These are the nominees for the actress in a leading role. We have Jessica Shaston for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman being the Ricardos, Kristen Stewart Spencer. And now those are good nominees right there. And I would say you're gonna put, I would say that you know this being the Academy Awards, they're probably gonna go with the safe bet and that being Nicole Kidman. But I would say Jessica Chastain, uh, you know, Chastain probably has a good chance at it um, as well. All right, so the next one is actress in a supporting role. Actress in a supporting role. We have Jesse Buckley, The Lost Daughter. Ariane DeBose, West Side Story. Judia, uh, Judy Dench, The Belfast. Kristen Dunst, The Power of the Dog. And Orani Ellis, For King Richard. So those are your nominees uh, there. And then nominees for a Best Animated Feature Field. 
nominees for best animated feature film. And I, <laughs> I don't think honestly, uh, Disney has anything to worry about. They don't. But anyway, the nominees are for best animated feature film, Encanto. Encanto is a nominee. Flea is a nominee. Luca is a nominee. The Mitchells vs. the Machines nominee. And Raya and the Last Dragon are nominees. So yeah, Disney has about a three out of five chance of winning it, no matter what. And if Luca is getting nominated, they're a Pixar film, I think. Are they a Pixar film? Now, I think that might open up Disney's eyes if Luca wins and be like, because here's what I think would happen. If Luca wins this, and this is weeks after Tark, uh, uh, what what is it? Um, what is the um, film coming out? Uh, Turning Red or something like that. Um, I think that's the I think that's the name. Hold on. I think it's uh, Turning Red, right? Um, basically, this is going to come out. The show is going to happen weeks after that, right? I've got a feeling what's going to happen is Luca wins. Then Disney's gonna look at Pixar and be like, "Oh, we're so sorry. We put your we're so sorry. We put your uh, shows, uh, movies on Disney Plus. You know, since Luca won Best Picture, we've uh, Best Animated Feature. Uh, we've decided to change our mind. It's gonna be in theaters only now. Got a feeling. I've got a feeling. No offense when I did that. that, that no offense when I did that parody. But they're gonna look at Pixar, the Pixar division they have, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, so sorry. We shouldn't have put those movies on Disney Plus." Luca proved us wrong. We're gonna put it on, put it in the theaters from now on. Bet you, bet you, if Luca wins, that's what happens. But yeah, the nominees for best animated feature film are Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells and Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. All right, so bet so the nominees for best cinematography, best cinema nominees for cinematography are Dune. Nightmare Alley. Let me. Here we go. The Power of the Dog. The Tragedy of Macbeth. West Side Story. Those are the nominees for Best Cinematography. And I think Dune's going to walk away with that one. I don't know why. I mean, West Side Story could surprise them, but I think Dune's going to take it. All right. Nominees for Best Costume Design are. Cruella, Ciro, Ciro? Uh, 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 no, I thought that movie hasn't come out yet. Where? Dune, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. Ciro, so Cruella, Ciro, Ciro, if you will, the Peter Dinklage film, Dune and Nightmare Alley and West Side Story are nominees for Best Costume Design. I'm guessing uh, Peter's uh, film came out months earlier in those uh, festivals and everything, which got it nominated. That's well, basically, that's why it got nominated. You know, for some categories. Next up, direction. That's right, best directing. The nominees will be Belfast, Drive My Car, Licorice Pizza, The Power of the Dogs, and West Side Story. I here's the thing. You're gonna have to go with the safe bet. I think they'll probably go with the safe bet will be Steven Spielberg for West Side. 
But licorice pizza, you know, for Paul Thomas Anderson, he might get it too. So those are the two to look out for. Next up, we have best documentary uh, feature, feature film style. We have Ascension, Attica, Flea, what's the documentary? Hmm. Summer of Soul, or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised, Writing with Fire. Those are the nominees for Best Feature Film Documentary. Best Documentary Short Subject nominees are Audible, Lead Me Home, The Queen of Basketball, Three Songs for Benzar, uh, Benzir, and When We Will Bully. So those are the nominees for Best Documentary Short Subject. Film Editing nominees. So the Best Film Editing nominees are... Don't Lock Up, or Don't Look Up. These are the best film nominees, that is. Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, The Power of the Dog, Tick, Tick, Boom. And that's film editing. That's the nominees for film editing. Nominees for international feature film. So in other words, like best, so like the animated movies have best animated feature film, or, or basically the animated films of the year are nominated for uh, animated feature, best animated feature. The same goes for international. These are movies from across the world. You know, not just specifically here in the U.S. But the nominees for international feature film are Drive My Car from Japan, Flea from Denmark, The Hand of God, Italy, Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom, uh, Bruta, sorry if I pronounced that wrong, and The Worst Person in the World, Norway. Those are the nominees for international feature film. Nominees for makeup and hairstyling are Coming to America, Cruella. So Coming to America got a nomination. How about that? But yeah, Coming to these are again these are nominees for makeup and hairstyling are Coming to America, Cruella. Dune, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, House of Gucci, and I think Tammy Faye might get this one. I don't know why. And those are dogs across the, across the way. It's nice out right now. It's about almost 70 degrees at 2.22 in the afternoon. Spring-like, it's going to be a, for right now, the way they're projecting it, it's going to be a spring-like week going into the Super Bowl this uh, Sunday. But yeah, those are the nominees for makeup and hairstyling, I think. Now, best music original score nominees. Best music original score nominees are Don't Look Up, Dune, Encanto, Parallel Mothers, The Power of the Dog. Those are the nominees for best original score, music-wise. The nominees for best original song, music-wise, are, again, like I said, Best original songs, uh, music-wise. The nominees are "Be Alive" from King Richard, sung by uh, Dixon, uh, Dixon, and Beyonce. "Dos Alcatitos" from Encantos. Uh, from Encanto, "Dos Alcatitos" from Encanto. Down to Joy from Belfast, No Time to Die from No Time to Die. 
And let's see, Encantos is from Lynn Manuel Miranda. Like I said, the Be Alive from King Richard is from Dixon and Beyonce Knowles. No, Down to Joy, that's my mom right now. I'll be right back. Hello? No, not yet. Is the garbage still out there? Yeah. Not yet. guys i'll be right back i told you this was going to happen remember i told you that i'll be right back and by the way like i said super chats and super stickers are open if you can help me out there and venmo at brian that's warmer that's do you can help me out there
Just call you. All right, no problem. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Chuck, <laughs> uh, I'll explain in a little bit, guys. Be right back. Got to call Hobart. And uh, apparently his uh, truck broke down yesterday. Well, according to the lady, he tried to jam in as many missed I could just tell in her tone of her voice that, you know, she didn't have to tell me to call her immediately, to call me, call her, and that just happened. He doesn't think, 
Said they didn't get their tr uh, trash picked up till late last night, like six, seven. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, like I said, she didn't have to tell me to call her back. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> I know it's probably one of the longer ones out there. I do apologize, but I told you that was going to happen. My mom was going to call up, and she was going to want me to call the city of Newman uh, to find out what was going on. And apparently, the guy's uh, truck, according to what the lady said, uh, broke down. And, um, you know, what was funny, like I told my mom, you probably heard it there, is the lady 
Um, and thank you for the comment on the unboxing, my friends. Thank you for that. Um, but like I said, the, the lady suggested almost like she didn't have to do this, but she said, hey, you know what? Call me tomorrow morning. Call us tomorrow morning. Tell us what's going on. Well, let us uh, update us on what happened just in case he doesn't come and get it. Because it almost sounded like to me, she didn't specifically say it, but in the tone of her voice, like I told my mom there on the phone, it sounds like there's something more up with this guy. Like if he broke down, the company would not have him finish the route even late into the evening. So something more is going on with this guy. And for some odd reason, I think this guy has had it out for me and my mom or some people around here ever since we moved in. And I told my mom one time, I think this guy, and she even agreed with him to an extent, this guy, he didn't have to get on her the way he did last year or so, or even a couple of years before. But this guy, honestly, I think he's jealous. I think he's upset that we got into this house before he did. Like maybe he was one of the people that was looking into this house and we beat him to it. And maybe that's why he has an attitude. I don't know. But whatever the thing is, whatever the case is, he's, you know, he better, he's got to finish today. He's got to finish today. And if not, like I said, she told me to call him tomorrow because again, it sounds like just by the way, because again, immediate, because when I told her and everything, she immediately told me, she immediately said after that, after apologizing for the inconvenience, she immediately said, oh, you know what? Contact us tomorrow if it doesn't get picked up and, and we'll see what's going on. Because like I said, I think she realizes something more is happening. And if this guy is, if it's about more money with this guy, if it's about the fact that he doesn't want to do the route because, you know, it's in a court and he doesn't in the park. I mean, look, courts don't always have the best parking. Okay. You know, so if he's complaining about that, then guess what? He's just got to deal with it or find something else. I don't know. But yeah, that's what's going on. So we'll see what happens as, as the day goes on. I mean, I got the house to myself pretty much until about, I would say, 839 until my mom comes home because she's going to Bible study tonight, I think. Unless something comes up. But anyway, what was I? Oh, yeah. Best music original song. Nominees are Be Alive from King Richard, which is sung by Dixon and uh, Beyonce. Dos Oricatos uh, from Encanto by Lynn Morel. Lynn Manuel Miranda, Down to Joy from Belfast, music and lyric by Van Morrison, No Time to Die, music and lyric by Billie Eilish and Finis, uh, Finis O'Connell, and Somehow You Do from Four Good Days, music and lyric by Diane Warren, and I'm going to be honest with you, you got some good nominations here, but again, this is his thing. Beyonce, I think, is a good a good one. Uh, Van Morrison's a good one. Billie Eilish is a good one, but I'm going to go with Encanto. Encanto song by Luen Manuel Miranda's Miranda, I should say. That's going to get it. The the dos. I can't pronounce the name right now. That's going to get it. There's no doubt it's going to get it, that one. So Encanto is going to win that, the best original song. All right. 
Best picture nominees. Yeah, they didn't put this first or last, you know, in the when listing off the categories. It's right here in the middle. But the best picture nominees are, and this is overall, this is all the pictures, international, animated, everything. Overall, best picture nominees. The nominees are Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, West Side Story. So those are good nominations. But the question is, who's going to walk out with it? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. For years, there's always been a movie that no one's really heard of that much that gets the nom- that gets, you know, gets the thumbs up to walk away with the Academy Award. With the with the award, if you will. And people will and honestly, as viewers at home, we'll be like, uh, what movie is that? I don't know anything about that movie. So you got a good chance that could happen here with Belfast and Drive My Car and, and all that. But if I am going to look at Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, West Side Story. I think, honestly, it's going to go between either Dune or West Side Story. It might. But then again, but then again, because the Academy and everybody, the Academy and along with the Golden Globes and everything have been going through a lot of scrutiny. I think, and I say this with all due respect, no offense, all due respect, no offense. I think they might give the nod to King Richard. I just got the feeling. So the three to look out for are Dune, King Richard, and West Side Story. And I think I think, honestly, honestly, to kind of divert any controversy of, you know, being undiversitized in everything, I think they might try to give it to King Richard just to be like, just so they could come out and say, see, see, we're diverse, we're diverse. See, King Rich, we voted for King Richard to be best picture. See, see, see. But here's the thing. They do that, and even though it'll be a great, a great honor for King, the King Richard movie, people will still call them out and say the only reason you did that was to divert attention from all the other controversies of being undiversitized uh, that you have associated with you. So I could see King Richard walking away with that just because of that. But the three, like I said, to look up to or look out for are King Richard, West Side Story, and Doom. You know, as far as who's going to walk out with best picture. All right, next up. Production design nominees. Production design nominees are Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. So those are the nominees for Best um, Production Design. Best Short Film Animated are Affairs of the Art, uh, Besta, Box Ballad, uh, okay, nominees for short film animated are Affairs of the Heart, uh, Affairs of the Art, Affairs of the Art, Besta, Box Ballet, Robin Robin, The Windshield Wiper. Those are the best nominees for animated short film. Best nominees for live action short film are uh, Ala Kahu, Take and Run. The Dress, 
the long goodbye on my mind please hold those are the nominees for best live action short film sound best sound nominees are belfast dune no time to die the power of the dog and west side story those are for best sound those are the nominees that is nominees for visual effects are dune free guy no time to die Shang-Chi in the Legend of the Ten Rings, Spider-Man, No Way Home, and that's about it. And I think Dune's going to get it, despite the great effects you can get with Shang-Chi and Spider-Man. Writing, best writing, adaptive screenplay, in other words, based on something. Writing, adapted screenplay, the nominees are... Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, Lost Daughter, The Lost Daughter, and The Power of the Dog. Those are the nominees for Best Writing of Adapted Screenplay. Best Original Screenplay Writing nominees are, and this finishes it up, the Best Writing Original Screenplay nominees are Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, The Worst Person in the World. And those overall are all nominees for the 2022 Academy Awards. And it looks like it's going to be, it's, it, I'll tell you this, it looks like the Academy Awards for 2022 are going to be big. They're basically coming out in a big, coming back in a big, big way. They're basically making their return to a semi, if not almost normal presentation in a big, big way. And uh, there's a lot of movies, like I said, a lot of movies and stuff, actors and actresses, I think, uh, that are going to probably get, you know, probably walk away with the award. The only question is, who will it be? And like I said, there are some in there that are obvious, if not, will be safe bets to walk away with it. But yeah, those are the 2022, um, 2022 Oscar nominations that were announced. So Hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed that. And again, I do apologize for getting up and everything and the interruptions uh, during this entire live stream and trying to read that off. But anyway, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. And let's move on now to topic number three. Topic number three is February 2022 this month marks 10 years since when the Mecha Sally arc saw her transformation to being weaponized. And in case you guys don't know what that means, at the end of issue 232, around that, Eggman had Sally, after she had been roboticized and everything, into Mecha Sally, had her set up like this and everything, you know, just standing, I think, like this. And the last image people saw in that issue was him with a blowtorch, you know, aimed at her face. And the next issue or so saw her introduction as weaponized Mecha Sally. And to say folks were not too thrilled about that would be uh, an understatement, to, to say the least. It would be an understatement. I mean, like I said before, when this whole thing started back then, I didn't read all the issues until it was over. 
And even when I saw that issue, I was like, honestly, even looking back, even thinking back in it now, I thought to myself, this is stupid. This is stupid. Because why, why do this? I mean, Ian Flynn, I'll give him credit. He came out, like I said in one video, he came out and he acknowledged why he was doing this. He reaffirmed why he did it. He basically wanted to put the Freedom Fighters at the lowest point so that if plans had originally gone as he wanted, they would have rose up and overcame the odds and shown, you know, everyone, the newer viewers and that were wondering, or the newer readers that were wondering why they were so beloved, you know, also showing the established longtime readers why, you know, they always were fan favorites and why they were always popular in their eyes. But also in stories showing the likes of someone like Eggman that, hey, no matter how many times you knock us down, no matter how many super weapons you come up with, you'll never beat us. You'll never defeat us. And again, as I said, that's a great that's a that's a great direction to go in. But there are other ways of doing it. You know, you could I mean, Ken Penders, you know, give you know, Ken Penders, criticize the guy all you want. But at least when he took Sally out of the equation, you know. Yeah, originally he was going to kill her off until Sega stepped in and everything and said, no, you're not going to do that. He came up with the compromise. That compromise basically being the fact that, okay, instead of killing her off, I'll put her in a coma and bring her back. And that's what he did. But he took her out of the equation without doing anything worse, without basically saying, yeah, um, yeah, she's going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to kill her off, but I'm going to bring her back and I'm going to cybernetic her and do, 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 do. He didn't do any of that. He just said, I'm going to take her out of the equation right now, make it seem like she's dead, and then reveal to everybody that she's alive. And that's what he did. Whether that was his original plan or not, that's what he did. You know, he didn't drag it out. He didn't drag her being in a coma or assumed or assumed dead for so many issues. He did what he had to do for the four issues he had and went from there. You know, Ian here decided he wanted to top that by saying, hey, I'm going to go and go go the next step. And I'm going to not only roboticize her, I'm going to weaponize her and really down and really bring the freedom fighters down. But what he didn't realize is at the same time, he's bringing down the fans. And when he basically had her weaponized, it was like. <laughs> it was like literally. You know. When fans saw this, I mean, when fans saw the image of him bringing a blowtorch to her face, a blowtorch to her face, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, let me see if I can uh, find the issue where this takes place. Hold on. Get the Genesis one. Yeah, here it is. I think this is, yeah, this is the issue. I think. Yeah, this is the issue. 232. 
February 2012, 2.32. So this is what I'm talking about. This. You see these uh, pages right here? I don't know if you can see that very well. See what I'm saying? What he's doing? So, anyway, this is the last image you get on it. Look at that. People did not like that. I did not like that. You know, people, they didn't like it. They were like, you know, what is he doing? And when that, and when the reveal happened, several issues later, the first thing that went through a lot of people's minds, because they saw how the fans, they saw how the characters were reacting, right? They saw how the characters uh, were reacting. Let's see. Okay, there it is. Just trying to find a place to put it. But like I said, when they when they saw how the characters reacted, of course, they too, as the fans, the readers, reacted very similar. But here was the thing, though. Here was the thing. The debate was on. The debate was on. Now, I tried to come to Ian's defense by saying, I don't think he had him, you know, do what everybody was perceiving that Eggman did. I looked at the fact that all Eggman was doing, because he was measuring the arms and everything, I think all Eggman did was put armor on her. He basically put weaponized armor. Now, some people can say that, you know, maybe that's true. Maybe that's true to an extent. But other people feel that he did, he had Eggman in story do the one thing that really just, to me, was a gut punch to anybody that was a fan of the comic for a long time, was a gut punch to anybody that was a fan of the character for a long time. He, a lot of fans, when this moment, that moment happened at the end of that issue, and then, of course, the reveal about an issue or two later, a lot of people felt that Ian Flynn in story had Eggman gut Sally. I'm not joking. I'm not joking about that. He feel, a lot of fans felt that Ian Flynn had Eggman gut Sally. And what I mean by gut Sally, in other words, you know, because you see the thing on her head and all that, and then you see the blowtorch, and then you look at the ending of one of these stories in the upcoming issues where he shuts the back of her like that. You know, a lot of people would say that's not armor. That's a new original body. He basically gutted her and he gave her that body. And it's like, it's like when you, when you, uh, when you think about it, you know, you can't argue with, you know, that logic, if you will, because in story, you can't put anything past, you know, this version of Eggman. And again, the reaction of the characters when they first see her and they and Tails is the one that says, you know, and everybody's like, oh, my God, what did he do? What did that sicko do to her? And Tails is the first one to point out he weaponized her. You know, it's it, it doesn't sit very well with a lot of fans. It really doesn't. It doesn't sit well with a lot of fans. Because one, why in the world, why in the world would you take it that far? I mean, this is supposed to be an all-ages comic, right? 
Now, I get that with any comics, you know, throughout their history, throughout the history of comics, period, you know, comic books and characters and the audience that, well, basically comic books and the characters have to grow up along with the audience. Like when the audience, the fans, if you will, start getting older and you want to keep them around, you want to, you know, you don't want to lose them, that you have to grow up the comic along with them. You have to make the stories and the characters more mature and maybe darker and all that and, you know, more complex. You know, that's understandable. But even back then, even back then, Sonic the Hedgehog by Archie Comics was still looked at as an all-ages comic. You know, you know, so why, you know, do this, you know, go in, go in this direction that shows that this is not what an all-ages comic is about. You catch my drift. And, you know, again, it brought up that debate of what, how did this happen? Did he put armor on her, which I tend to believe he probably did, giving Ian ben, the benefit of the doubt? Or when you really think about it, did, in story, he have Eggman gut her? And, you know, I think, honestly, if you were to, you know, put a poll out there, if you were to put a poll out there of, okay, what do you think he really did? What do you think Ian Flynn had Eggman really do to her? Did he, did he have her, did he have Eggman gut her to weaponize her? Or did he have Eggman put armor on top of her body to weaponize her? And honestly, if you put that poll out there, you'll have a huge percentage of people saying he gutted her because of the fact that the way you know, things had changed with her. The way she was basically put into sync with, you know, Metal Son- with uh, Metal Sonic. You know, how they both had, like, you know, like, there's a, a scene, I think, in Sonic Universe where both of them are, you know, told to combine their, or basically to get in sync and combine their power or something like that to where, you know, Sally's on this side and Metal Sonic's on this side, and they both unleash at the same time something that's, you know, kind of, a blast that's in sync that basically connects with themselves. It's like, you know, you know, it's like, it's, it's you know, again, if, you know, you, you, again, if you put that pull out, people will say he gutted her. And, you know, not a lot of folks, you know, like I said, not a lot of folks liked it. I mean, yeah, some people will defend that it did make the story more intriguing and interesting and you want to see what happens next. But, Still, a lot of people will say that, you know, realizing that Eggman in uh, Eggman by Ian Flynn in the story had Eggman gut Sally to weaponize her, make her into what she was, it didn't really sit well with folks. I mean, yeah, they still probably wa- read the story and enjoyed it to an extent or kind of were back and forth about it or didn't like it, period, like me, and only probably saw the potential of what could have been good and then saw it fall down flat on its face. It's like... You know, you have to, to quote James Rolfe, I'll put it this way, to quote James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd, basically the question is, the the quote and paraphrase him, you have to wonder what was he thinking? What was Ian Flynn thinking that this was going to get over? It wasn't. And thankfully, when the soft retcon reboot happened, whether any of us like it or not, Thankfully, not only did we get Sally back when it was all said and done, but guess what happened? According to several reports, Ian Flynn was never allowed to work on another story involving any of the Sonic girls. Or at least he was not allowed to write the dialogue for those characters 
you know, whatsoever or write the scenes for those characters, even if he was the main writer on the story, because of what he did. And you know what? He can deny that all he wants. He can deny that all he wants, maybe. But there's a lot of evidence that's out there that states otherwise. I mean, you look at Spark of Life. You look at some of the other stories involving the female characters, and the main writers are female. One of the main writers for Spark of Life is Aaliyah Baker. One of the main writers for some of the other stories involving the girls is Evan Stanley. I mean, Evan, you know, a recent story that a game apologist just did a speed sonic speed reading through, you know, Evan Stanley, you know, was her first story on the IDW book. You know, even though it had Sonic and Tails in it as a part of it, along with Shadow, the main focus was on the girls. The main focus was on Rouge. The main focus was on Amy. The main focus was on Cream. And even to her introduction, the main focus was on Belle. And here's the thing. It's And here's why. It's not because Ian Flynn was taking a break or working on other projects. You know, nothing like that. It's because of the fact that, you know, they didn't trust Ian Flynn to write that story. Or to come up with the next story because of what potentially he would do. They didn't trust him. So they decided to go with Evan Stanley. They decided, Evan, you're going to write the next story. Ian, you're going to work on something else. And that's what they did. They probably realized that, hey, we're not going to take a chance with this guy again. You know, whatsoever. We're not going to take a chance with this guy, you know, with this kind of situation. We'll put him on something else. You know, and he can make up an excuse all he wants. But I think the truth is they'd rather have had Evan Stanley work on the story, which was going to focus mainly on the, the girls, if you will, uh, of IDW Sonic, than Ian Flynn, because they don't trust what he did, because they don't trust him based on what he did back in the Archie book. And even with the Archie book, he didn't, after that all was said and done, like I said, with Spark of Life, some of the other stories involving Sally and Bunny, you know, excuse me there, he didn't work, he didn't work much on those stories. I mean, he may have had a hand in them, but it didn't work mostly on them when I came, like I said, when it came to the scenes of the dialogue because of what he did, of what he did. And again, I'll give him credit for recently on his one of his Bumble casts coming out and admitting, look, I did this because I wanted to bring the Freedom Fighters down to the lowest level so that they would build them so that in the end, people would see why they're so beloved and, and everything because they get themselves back up and prove to those that doubt them or try to keep them down that you can't keep us down. You cannot keep us down. You cannot, you know, you, that you can build all these super weapons that I mentioned earlier to try to hurt us, but we're not going to fall. And again, that's a great directive. That's a great plan to go with. But the honest truth, the honest truth is they didn't, the honest truth is I think Ian Flynn realizes, he's not going to admit it though, that maybe this wasn't the best decision. That all he had to do was roboticize Sally if he wanted to do that, that's fine. Keep it for maybe four to six issues at most, six issues at most, and then maybe have her get her free will back. And then if you want to keep her roboticized, that's fine, but then make it her mission, along with her friends, to find a cure to get her back to normal. And that's it. Easiest solution. You didn't have to go this route or anything. You could have just kept it simple. And when you really get down to it, folks, I think it's decisions like this that really cause the book to have make it 
caused the book to have a downfall with Archie. It really did. It wasn't the fact that they were delayed. It wasn't financial reasons. It wasn't just a lawsuit, although that did play a major part behind the scenes. It was also the fact that Ian was coming up with stories that at first they were okay with, but then the more they started to notice these stories, direction that they were going in, like how they were coming out, how they were being written and all that, I think that's when they started realizing, yeah, maybe this guy is uh, not the best choice right now because uh, he just keeps dragging on and doesn't get to the point. You know, so I'm guessing that I'm guessing that may have may played a major factor, too. Who knows? But yeah, that, but yeah, when you think about this month, when you think about this month, you know, I said that basically December of 2021, the final page of issue 230 was the beginning of the Mechasali arc. It was. You know, last month marked 10 years since the the you know, first full issue in the entire saga began. And that's in January and that was in January of 2020 of, of 2012, if you will. But now this month marks 10 years since that last panel began the stages or started the uh chapter, if you will. Uh, the arc, if you will, the, oh yeah, the chapter, if you will, the long chapter of the Mechasali arc with her being weaponized. And again, it's something that fans did not like because they weren't sure whether or not she was gutted or she had armor put on her. And I, again, like I said, if you do a poll asking which option do you think there was the option that Ian would go with storyline-wise or would, uh, did go with, they would say, you know, they would say he went with the gutted part. And again, why would you do that in an all-ages comic? It doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, what can, what can you do? What can you do uh, when you, in the long run? What can you really do? It's, it's almost like, you know, to me, Ian Flynn, you know, look, I understand he wanted to create his own magnum opus, all right? And he kind of accomplished that with the Metal Virus Saga. But guess what? Just like the Mecha Sally World Tour 2 Death Egg Mark II arc, you know, had worn out his welcome basically not even halfway through, the Metal Virus arc did the same thing. It worn out its welcome halfway through. And like I've said, you know, when you have someone like Mega Beatman, who's known to do his true blue reviews, you know, when he finally gets to the final issue of it, you know, sounding you know, elated that it's over. And when you have someone like Game Apologist saying, yeah, I liked it, but, you know, I'm elated that it's over because it was too long. Then, yeah, maybe you should maybe you should realize by then that perhaps uh, going um, with a shorter route when it comes to story arcs like that is the better option. It really is, in my opinion. It really is. But. Again, it's it's just one of those situations, folks, that when when you get down to it, when you get down to it, it's it was a to me it was a decision that didn't need to be made. You know, you could have had if you wanted to keep Sally weapon not, not weaponized but roboticized, that's fine. But have Eggman maybe create duplicates of her, so that way you know, and then that way maybe you can weaponize the duplicates throw Sonic and the friends off the trail, make them wondering what's going on, only for them to finally realize, okay, he must have the real Sally on the death egg somewhere. And then there you go. Easy as pie. Easy as pie, in my opinion. But 
again, you know, we'll never know. You know, we'll never know if maybe, you know, he could have done something like that or, you know, gone in that, gone in that kind of a direction or not, because I think it would have been easier. You know, it would it would have made more sense, honestly. You know, it would have made more sense. I mean, think about it. They Think about it. I mean, think about it this way from a story perspective, if things had not got screwed up. Think about this from a story aspect. They rescue Sally. They take her back to be de-roboticized. See that she can't be de-roboticized, and maybe she ex- and maybe it causes the machine to explode, or something, or malfunction. Yeah, that's what I'm pointing out, Transfan, and welcome to the live chat again for those joining me. Super chats and super stickers are on and are appreciated if you could do it. One to five dollars, whatever you can do, would be greatly appreciated. But again, like I said, it would have made more sense if they would have done something like that, to where okay, the deroboticizer malfunctions and they realize this isn't the real Sally, and then finally maybe Tails or somebody comes up to the conclusion she's on the death egg. He must still have her on the death egg somewhere, and then there you go, you go and get her that way. Makes it easier, you know. Makes it easier and everything. You you do your complex story, and then you have the realization that. You know, the aha moment that, oh, the real one's on the death egg somewhere, hidden away. And there you go. There you go. You know, let basically, it's it makes things less controversial. And, you know, I will agree with trans fan here, with trans fan. Um, we have to remember, you know, whether you're supporting Ian Flynn or you don't, you know, he was originally a writer for a fan comic he did called Other M. Yeah, Other Dash M. And if you guys have not seen Other M, I suggest looking it up. Look it up, and you'll see exactly why trans fan, you know, trans fan, you know, you know, uh, basically, you know, (laughs) is reminding me right now in the live chat, you know, should we not be, should we be surprised that this is something, you know, Ian would do, you know, something that, you know, Ian would not, you know, that we shouldn't put past Ian Flynn, I should say. And then he's remi- and then he's telling me right here, should we really be surprised that Ian Flynn possibly had Eggman gut Sally? And that's the point. That's the point up to, for debate, like I said, because we don't know. I mean, I tried to defend it at one point saying, oh, he may have just welded armor on her and all that. But the more you think about it, you know, he opened the fu- one of the final panels in one of the future issues, the, I think the next issue, 233, he puts a power ring in there. I don't know how this worked. That basically would prevent her, an, a modified power ring, by the way, that would prevent her from getting her free will back and basically act like a freaking battery and shuts her back. You can't argue with the fact that, you know, you, you, know, you can't argue with the fact that maybe, you know, there is, you know, there is some truth to that. But here's the thing. Ian Flynn's not going to come out and admit it. He's not going to come out and admit in on Bumblecast, asked if somebody asked a question, he's not going to come out and say, oh, yeah, about that. You know, I hear people say I gutted her, had Eggman gut her. Yeah, that's kind of true. That's kind of true. And then maybe he'll explain, actually what I have, actually what happened in the story, and I wanted to put it in there, but they felt it was too, probably too dark, too, too dark, is I had Eggman detach her head, modify her head a little bit, and then take her body, put it to the side, store it, and then basically bring out the weaponized body he had built for her, you know, to be very similar to her original and go from there. You know, 
again, he's not going to come out and admit that. He's not going to come out and say, yeah, I had Eggman take that blowtorch and just slice her up and then build her body into a weapon. He's not going to come out to admit that because if he does, he knows people would get on him. He knows people would get on him. I mean, when he came out and he said that Sally getting gunned down in 225 was basically her being turned into the equivalent of Swiss cheese, nobody, nobody liked that. Nobody cared for that. They felt that was disturbing and unnecessary. So for so if he comes out and admits what people are suspecting him to, you know, be a perpetrator a, a perpetrator of, you know, he knows he'll get backlash there too. And again, this goes now back to why, you know, later on in the post soft retcon reboot, and even in furthermore in IDW, whether you know this is the reasoning or not, you don't see him, you know, writing stories or even writing the dialogue or scenes for female characters based off what he did to Sally. Based off what he did to Sally, and he knows it. Yeah, and see, trans fan is saying that my idea would have been better than what we got because again, you have Eggman putting uh, Sally, a weapon, a roboticized Sally, in a duplicating machine, or you have his Death Egg manufacture duplicates of Sally, weapon, and thus by making these duplicates, he can weaponize them and basically make all these different clones. To it throw to a, to the point that it throws the freedom fighters off and everything. And thank you for the compliments on the PMVs and the live stream, David. I really appreciate it. But yeah, it would have been a better solution. It would have been a better solution. And honestly, again, shortening the storyline, shortening the sto- shortening Sally being under his control to a few issues to where if you want to keep a roboticized, but now she wants to make it her mission to not only find a cure for her, but to finally take Eggman down or take the dead thing down would have been a lot better. It would have been a lot better. The point, look, like I said, we all appreciate that Ian, whether we want to admit it or not, you know, we appreciate the fact, you know, that Ian, you know, came out in his recent podcast. Hold on for a second. No, that's the tra- that's the garbage truck now. It just came. But like I said, we all we can only we can respect and appreciate whether we like the guy or we don't, and any of the decisions he's made. We can respect the fact that at least he came out on his bumblecast recently and admitted why he did it. Um, even though we may not all agree with it. But yeah, you know, when you look, but yeah, when you Look at this upcoming year, these first few months, if you will, you know, not only the end of last year, you know, marking the beginning of it with the last few pages and everything, last page, period, but then last month and this month and then going into next month and in April, when you look at these first four months, these first four months of where it really started, this whole Mecha Salad thing started, really started to become what it was. And this month here, like I said, this month here, 10 years ago, marked that marked the beginning of when he weaponized her. Basically, marked the weaponized portion of the story arc that, again, a lot of fans are debated on. You know, they feel like it shouldn't have happened. They feel like, you know, they could have gone a different way with it. You know, and again, 
And again, this is coming from the guy that basically um, basically tried to equivalent Sally being gunned down at the end of 225 to that to that of being turned into Swiss cheese, as well as trans fan put it. This is the guy that basically um, is known for doing the other Ram story arc. That's what he's known for. So, again, it's just is one of those situations folks to where yeah you know it it's been 10 years and we should get over it but again when you're an avid subscriber like i was since issue 72 and you have in your collection that issue it's a reminder as to why sometimes you know certain writers you know it's great to bring them on and give them an opportunity but that maybe you should go over twice, you know, with them about or multiple times with the decisions they want to do, because maybe, you know, it may not be very receptive by a lot of fans in the end when you think about it. But anyway, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. just wanted to talk about that as, a, as this topic here, as the uh, third topic here. And now let's move on to the fourth topic. The fourth top topic being... 2022, as far as I know, marks 10 years since My Little Pony Friendship is Magic Season 3 debuted as the shortest season, but why? Okay, so in case a lot of you don't know, uh, Seasons 1, 2, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9 were all 26-episode seasons, except for Season 3. Season 3 was only 13 episodes, but why? You know, but why? Yeah, that's a good point. I'll probably here's what I'll do, trans fan. Uh, I'll probably either edit this out, this that portion of the last topic, or I'll probably do another video later on, so you guys can comment on that. Be greatly appreciated if you guys do that too. It'd be well. What, what I'm trying to say is, I'll probably do another video separately later on, and if you guys want to comment on that, that'd be greatly appreciated too. Uh, but anyway, you know, getting back on the fourth top topic here, you know. Yeah, My Little Pony 2022 marked 10 years, as far as I know, that season three, the shortest season of MLP FIM, debuted and was in final, it was finished or came to an end. But why? Why was season three the shortest? Well, quite honestly, it's because Lauren Faust, the original creator of season four, basically one that's credited, excuse me there, um, with. Uh, the show, ever you know, up to the final season with the creation of the show, uh, Lauren Faust had originally penciled it to only be maybe two to three seasons. She wasn't expecting it to become such a phenomenon that it would continue on um, for for um, basically six more years, six more seasons. She didn't plan on that to happen, but yet here we were. It becomes such a phenomenon. Now, when season three ended, you know, you know, as quickly as it began, people were wondering what's going on here, what's happening. And it wasn't and it wouldn't be, honestly, until I think one of the Comic Cons at San Diego, where the announcement was made, we were going to get a season four and it was going to go back to the 26 episode structure. But yeah, she but yeah, Lauren Faust and uh, Hasbro, I think, had originally planned along with DHX had originally planned for Friendship is Magic not to last too long because it's My Little Pony 
and they pretty much figured that since it's My Little Pony, you know, not it's not going to get a fan base. It's not going to, you know, garner you know a lot of you know, um, garner a lot of positive feedback or get you know, you know, you know, become the phenomenon that it became. But yet, you know, they were proven wrong. They were proven wrong, and so they had you know, basically Hasbro's like, whoa, we're still making money off this. People still want to see more. Ooh, maybe there's something to this. Let's do another season. And again, that's how season four, five, six, seven, and eight, and nine uh, came to be. But yeah, the the reason for uh, ten, the, but yeah, ten years ago, the reason for season three being uh, basically the final uh, season, if you will, the the final season, well, not final season, but being the shortest season, I should say, out of all nine seasons, was because originally it was planned to be the last season. I mean, because ba- the way it ended was you had Twilight become an alicorn princess like uh, Lauren wanted or Lauren had planned, and that was it. You know, there was no other, you know, plans afterwards. But again, the popularity of the show, of the characters, uh, basically proved her wrong. You know, they proved they proved her wrong. And she ended up basically saying, okay, well, not her, but Hasbro basically said, okay, there's more money, obviously, to be made with this. And, you know, that that's what they did. They, you know, they made more money off of it. They made more uh, money, period, um, in the following season. And that's why we also got the movie in 2017. We got the announcement of it, of it coming around season four. And then we got it in 2017. You know, it's because of the fact that the fans, the fans got behind it. It wasn't just the targeted fans of young kids, young boys and girls, but the demographic just blew away any expectation. It blew away that targeted demographic out of the water. And you got what, and we ended up getting what we, and you ended up getting a fan base that's still strong to this day that basically looks at generation five and says, Oh yeah, my little ponies in good hands. We're off to the races. And they couldn't be more right about that. But Again, the reason season three 10 years ago was looked at as the short is looked at as the shortest season and you know was made and produced in that manner was because it was originally planned to be the last season. But as we all know, that wasn't the case. We all know that wasn't the case. And you know, like I said, we had more seasons that came afterwards. And a lot of us as fans were glad that it happened. We were glad that it occurred. We were glad that it, you know you know, you know, stayed on for as long as it did and, you know, gave us more stories, gave us more characters, gave us more development for said characters. And like I said, the rest is history. But yeah, the original plan for season three was it was only, was the fact it was only going to be, well, not only going to be, well, what I'm trying to say is the, the plan, excuse me there, for season three was it was going to be the last season. That's it. Because they didn't plan for it to go any longer. Because again, it was My Little Pony, you know. But obviously, they were wrong. The way Lauren had developed the characters, you know, and presented them, and the way the writers took to presenting the characters the way Lauren envisioned them, paid off. And I'm sure Lauren sat at home thinking, "Wait a minute, they're doing another season? Holy smokes! I didn't expect that," <laughs> you know. So, yeah. So yeah, basically, Lauren Faust, you know, her original plan. You know, um, it, it came to fruition, but it ended up boring more fruit afterwards. Uh, much to her surprise, I think. <laughs> you know, but yeah, that's why season. But yeah, that's why 2022 marks 10 years 
since the shortest season in Friendship is Magic came around or debuted because of the fact that 10 years ago, season three was meant to be the last season. But as we all know, looking back to 2019, two and a half years ago, that was the last season, period. But yeah, that's why season three, 10 years ago, 20, that's why 2022 uh, marks 10 years since My Little Pony Friendship is Magic season three debuted as the shortest season and why that was. All right, so number five. Let's go on to the number five topic here. Number five. Will Tony Khan, AEW All Elite Wrestling owner, have to hype up AEW debuts weekly to pop a good rating? Okay. So the reason I bring this up is because of the fact that uh, this past Wednesday, uh, all AEW Dynamite on TBS, AEW Dynamite on TBS, only got about 9,000 over a little over 9,000 viewers or something like that, 9,000 views. And, you know, it that kind of surprised a lot of people because the headline match was a match people have been wanting to see, which is CM Punk versus MJF. And they could only draw about 9,000 viewers. Why? You know, you would think with, you know, a, a match being advertised like that, even the week prior when they had, when they broke about 1.1 million viewers, you'd think you'd probably get more than what you did the previous week, but that wasn't the case. They got less. And so, and because of that, it looks like um, Tony Khan is reacting to that uh, low number by now coming out and saying, okay, we got to pop a big number now. We got to get back into that millions. We got to get back into that million range. We need to, and we need to do it, you know, as soon as possible. So he basically made the announcement that we're going to have our first qualifying match for the Face the Revolution uh, ladder match battle royal, you know, at AEW Revolution, where the winner will get a shot at the TNT title. And the first qualifying match is going to be Isaiah Cassidy, a private party, and of the uh, AHFO which is Andrade Hardy Family Office. Oh, it's Trains Fan. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. He was just correcting me on his name here on YouTube. It's Trains Fan. But anyway, getting back on, like I was saying, we have Isaiah Cassidy of eight of the AHFO, Andrade Hardy, the Andrade Hardy Family Office stable, Isaiah Cassidy, going up against a mystery opponent. Someone that is making their AEW debut, someone that's going to walk through the forbidden door and maybe shut the forbidden door behind them, you know, while they sign their AEW contract. And a lot of people are assuming it's going to be Jeff, which I don't think it's going to be Jeff Hardy. Some of us think it's Keith Lee, but Keith Lee and Mia Yim recently got married. Congratulations to them. So I don't think it's them. Um, you know, people are assuming it could be John Morrison, you know, John Henneke. Uh, it could be him. Um, some are assuming it could be any. Well, basically, they assume it could be anybody. Um, some are even saying it could be Jonathan Grisham, who is the Ring of Honor World Champion, or at least one of the Ring of Honor World Champions that could walk in there and be part of this, which possibly, you know, which is a, probably a strong possibility, uh, but we'll see. So, you know, it could, so again, it could be anybody. It could be anybody. But 
Yeah, he's hyping this up, not just on television, but mostly social media, because obviously he wants to try to pop a better rating than what we got this previous week. Because it the rating was basically down from the previous week of 1.1 million, like I said. And even it was even though it wasn't down that much, still it's gonna cause a reaction with somebody that's getting used to the whole, oh, I'm used to having my show in the high millions rate in the one point or two point million rating. I need to get this back up. So obviously he's gotta do what he's got. So obviously by hyping up this AEW debut of somebody that's gonna walk through the forbidden door, maybe shut it on the way in, sign a contract that probably works that also probably works for another company. Well, he's associated with another company, you know, with him hyping this up, he's hoping that's going to result in a big rating. But now the, but now the question is, will he have to do this on a weekly basis? Because if this works, will he decide, Hmm, that worked. I'm going to do it again. And then making another announcement that on rampage or on dynamite the following week, we're going to get another debut. Is he, is that, is that what his strategy is going to be? If this works, if this pops him back into the millions viewership number uh, after this Wednesday, is he is Tony Khan going to decide, hey, this works, you know, oh that worked, I'm going to do it again, and then next week we get another one, and the week after we get another debut, you know, is that his plan? Because if that ends up being his plan, if this succeeds, then honestly I can't blame him, because if I want to keep my show in the millions views. Knowing that if I dip a little low, you know, that might be a one of concern, not just for me, but for the people broadcasting my show. That if I keep it in the millions, I'm safe. But if I dip a little bit more, it's a bit of concern. So if he so if he goes this direction, if this works to say, hey, I'm going to bring in new names, you know, week after week to pop a rating, put them in these matches, maybe the face the revolution matches. To qual- qualifying matches for Face the Revolution, then, like I said, I can't blame him for doing that. Because, hey, if you're going to want to keep your audience, you want to keep eyes on the product and everything, you got to do what you got to do. And, you know, will he, is, it, is this something that he's going to keep doing over the next several weeks leading up to AEW Revolution? Probably. I don't know. It all depends on how well this works. You know, it all depends on how well this will work. But we'll see what Tony Khan does. I mean, again, I wouldn't put it past him. You know, I wouldn't put it past him whatsoever to to try something like this because we've seen wrestling companies in the past, WWE, WCW, you name it, do what they have to do to pop a rating. You know, they will do things to pop a rating. I mean, WWE is always being criticized positively and negatively for having to rely on legends or bring in gold, being in the likes of Goldberg or or Lesnar, or Rousey, to pop a rating, because sometimes if the ratings dip, they're like, okay, let's bring out the big guns, and then here you go. Here's your big guns to pop the rating. And sometimes it does work. It does work at times. That's, you know, it's been it's been a proven commodity of success. It's been a proven commodity, I should say, uh, of success. You know, it really has. It's been a proven commodity of success for them. So, um, so for him to probably do that, so for him to probably, you know, consider doing that on a weekly basis, especially as we head into AEW Revolution at the beginning of March, I don't blame him. I really don't. I don't. I do not blame Tony Khan for wanting to do something like that because if it's going to get 
more get eyes on my product, maybe even more eyes on my product, you know, with people speculating, okay, who could be, you know, this, um, you know, who could be this um, star that he's talking about, you know, that's going to come through that forbidden door, maybe shut it, sign a contract and all that. You know, if it's going to get eyes back on the product that meant that weren't there last week and maybe even more eyes and it works, then, yeah, like I said, I don't blame him for wanting to continuously do it week after week after week. I wouldn't, especially if it's going to help me get a lot of eyes and potential buyers on my AEW Revolution pay-per-view. I would I would not put it past him. You know, I wouldn't. But we'll, but here's the thing. We'll, we'll see what they do. We will see what they – we will see what AEW does. We'll see what Tony Khan does after Wednesday. You know, whether or not this succeeds – whether or not this, um, you know, gets him the ratings, ratings he's hoping for to get back up, uh, we'll see what he does. We'll see if he continues, you know, forward after that. We'll can if, with the same, uh, with the same uh, mentality of okay, this worked. I'm doing it again next week. We'll see what he does because, again, if it works once, if it if it works once, I should say, why not do it again and see what happens. Because, like I said, if it pops him that rating, if it gets him back in the millions, maybe even more so, then, you know, maybe it's a formula that he should, you know, adapt, maybe not on a weekly basis, but on a biweekly basis, even after Revolution. But as far as wanting to get people's eyes on the product going into Revolution, your first major pay-per-view of 2022, then, yeah, I'd probably say, you know, I'd probably say to myself, that worked, I'm doing it again. And I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. Because if he's coming out and saying, hey, I got all these people now lined up and signed and ready to debut. You know, what's to stop him from doing so? He's got between now and March 6th to do it. Or between now and what is it? March 6th is a Saturday, right? So 5th is Friday, 4th. He's got between now and March 3rd, I should say. Between now and March 3rd. Actually, between now and March 5th. Between now and March 5th. Uh, to get eyes, get you know, fans' eyes on the product, get them invested in Revolution, AEW Revolution. And the best way to do that is to go the route he's taking for this week if it proves to be a success. And that's debut somebody every week, either on Dynamite or Rampage, mostly Dynamite, you know, to where it gets people talking, gets people tuning in, and then off to the races you go. Because, again, it will get people – Wanting to see what happens next, wanting to see who debuts next, and that's about it. So, will he will he start hyping up AEW debuts weekly? If it succeeds this week, if it succeeds tomorrow night, you know, and getting them back into that millions range, getting the getting more eyes, you know, getting the eyes that missed last week back on the product as well as some new eyes, then yeah, I could see him doing it on a weekly basis. I can especially if it's to help build to revolution and get people's eyes on the product going into that pay-per-view to see what happens next. So, yeah, I see him doing it, but we'll see how successful from a viewership standpoint, a reaction standpoint, tomorrow night's AEW debut of this individual is in that face the revolution uh, matchup between Isaiah, you know, with Isaiah Cassidy. So we'll see what happens. But um, again, I'm not putting it past him to, to continue doing it if it's a success, you know, after the, you know, if it's a success after this Wednesday, I don't put it past it. All right. So the sixth 
And final topic we are going to talk about here is the differences between Target, my current job, and Walmart, my former job, based on what I've seen. So I know I've only been working at Target right now in Turlock for about almost a month. It's going to be a month the next month. It's going to be a month next week, I should say. Easy for me to say. It's going to be about a month next week. And um, I'll say this. I could definitely tell that between, between the two stores, um, the one in the Walmart and Patterson, the Target and Turlock, between the two stores, I could definitely say without a shadow of a doubt that Target Even though they're smaller in stature, just by a bit, I'd say the store is a lot more organized. It really is. And I'm not just saying organized as, oh, it's organized because of this or that. It's or, it's organized because of the fact that the way they got things structured. Okay? The way they got – and what I mean by the way they got things structured is this. Um, I'm what's known as a – Front associate, a front end associate, an FSO associate, uh, FS, FOS associate, an FOS associate. And here, I'm not just limited to one position. No, I'm not limited to one position. According to my schedule, they will put me at any position in the front that they need me to be put on. Whether it's cashiering, which I've been doing recently as of late, cart attendant, or fulfillment, drive up, if you will, drive up fulfillment. Those are the positions. Those are the positions along with, you know, greeter, greeter, wiping down the carts and greeting people. Those are the positions of an FOS attendant, associate, if you will. That's cashiering, cart attendant. Drive up fulfillment and greeter. That's it. And get and uh, guest guest services. So yeah, that's five things: cashier, car attendant, drive up fulfillment, greeter, and guest services. Those are the five things of FOS associate, front end of you know front of store associate, if you will, a friend and associate. Those are the f- five things. You know, you're not limited to one. You know, one day you could be like, you know, doing carts. Like I'd be like one day I'll be doing carts, you know, for, for work, not a problem. The next work day I could be cashiering. Or the next work day I could be doing drive up fulfillment. That is one of the big differences. They always make sure somebody's there in that position just in case somebody can't be. They always make sure. When you compare it to Walmart, though, they don't do that. They don't do that because once they hire you for one position, that's your position. That is your main position with with another position as an alternative. In other words, you know, if they can't, if they, in other words, if they're low on staff in that position, that's the position you're going to probably take more than likely. For example, when I was cashiering, I was also a card attendant. That's right. I was also a card associate. So if they got low on carts, and I didn't see anybody else there. And I saw the mule, the cart manager, if you are the electric cart uh, that we bring the carts in with. 
you know, still in the garage, I would say to myself, okay, I need to go and get those cards. And I would ask them if they want me to do it. And most times they would say, go and do it. Or if nobody came in, they would pull me inside and say, hey, we're going to need you to do cards, you know, for a little bit until this person comes in. It's not because I knew what I was doing. Not because I had years doing it. It's because that was part of my job. That's what it was. It was part of me doing that. That was part of my job. But the main job, though, was cashiering. The card attendant part was mainly because, well, the card associate part was something that I started out with. It was back and forth, but mostly card associate before I went back to cashiering. That was one of the things I was doing. One of the things I was doing, all right? I wasn't, you know, assigned to it one day and then, you know, assigned to cashiering the next day. I mean, there were times that I was. I will not deny that, but very rare in between, very rarely and in between. Most of the other times, I would basically, um, I would basically be doing cashiering and it sometimes do customer service because they needed help in those areas, you know, but most of the time I was assigned to cashiering, nothing else, nothing else. So when I, so when I look at the difference between the two, Target has won over on Walmart because of the fact that they make sure you know what you're going to be doing in the front end on your schedule. They don't tell you right away, hey, I need you to do this. Hey, I need you to do that. No, they let you know right off the bat. You know, they let you know right on the schedule, this is what you're going to do that day, and then that's it. Nothing more. Nothing more. And another thing I could say about it as well is, you know, they have the toy aisle neatly organized and categorized. Not saying Walmart doesn't have that way either. The Walmart store I work at had to organize and categorize too. I'm not denying that. They did, which is why they looked at it basically being the one that over, overtook Toys R Us, if you know what I mean, or one of the main reasons. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. They have everything in one location, all right? You see, the difference from a store perspective is at Walmart, you have the toy section like right here, and then you got to go down this way, go to the sports, and then turn this way, you know, almost to, well, basically turn to the right, go all the way to the middle of the back of the store to get to electronics. Well, at Target, they have it organized, and I'm sure it's the same with any other Target. They have it organized to where here's electronics, here's the toys. You have two feature areas that you know kids and families will want to explore while they're in the store in one location. And that's good because, you know, kids are not just going to want to look at the toys or collectors like myself are going to want to look at the toys, but they may also want to look at the video games. So why not? Or even the movies. So why not have them all in one area? I'm just saying. Why not have them all in one area? It makes sense. It works. And nothing. And you can't you can't say any more than that. It, it works. It, like I said, it works. It makes sense. And the discussion. You know, end the discussion. You can't say any more than that. Um, but yeah, that, that is one of the biggest differences. It's one of the biggest differences. Is they have everything right where they need to be. You know, even for this, even for the grocery section that they have. You know, the dry foods and the frozens and all that, except for produce. The, the produce thing is something that has to do with the city of Turlock. I don't know what that is. 
But anyway, you look at um, the grocery section that they have. And they have it in one area, which is good. And it's also right next to, believe it or not, and I don't know, if the, and I think it's the same for other Walmarts, super, super, not Walmarts, but other Targets as well, even Super Targets. They have the grocery section right next to the kitchen items, like like right next to the kitchen, you know, you know, accessories like, you know, the spatulas, the, you know, the the cups, the the coffee makers, and all that. It's all right there. It's all categorized to so to be in the same region, the same you know region of the store with each other, because due to due to their association with each other, which is a good thing. It is a good thing. It really is. And then you have like let's say paper towels, napkins, tissues, and all that, toilet paper. You have it on the other side of the grocery, but right next to it you have like on the other side you have like the garbage bags and all that. And then you go down, you got like hair and shampoo and all that. You have everything that is need needed, needed and associated in one way or another with each other in one area, which is good. It is terrific. Yet with Walmart, you don't really see it that much. You don't see it. I mean, where I worked, you had his grocery. Oh, on the other side, his clothes. It's like, how does clothes associate with grocery? You need to have kitchen items and stuff in that area associated with grocery. Oh, that associated with grocery in a, in a way. And, you know, as far as clothing goes, they have that all categorized in one section, including with the baby stuff. You know, it's all categorized in one section. That's one big difference between the stores is Target has everything categorized together by association. They don't have it sprawled all over the store. They have it categorized by association. And that's good. That is really, really good in my opinion. Um, the other thing, too, is um, the other thing, too, is, you know, as far as, um, you know, let's say cashiering, like with the registers. Now, this is all going to change. Apparently, apparently we're going to get new uh, registers and all that during the remodeling uh, throughout the next several months. I don't know if that means they're going to tear out certain sections or what, like Walmart did. Oh, like the Walmart my, that I used to work at at Patterson did. I don't think they will. But um, long story short, long story short, they have it categorized to where basically, uh, basically um, you have um you you have basically you know the registers back to back with each other like here could be like on one side like as soon as you come in there's self-checkout near the bathrooms and everything that's good and then right next to it you have lane one and then on the other side you have lane two and then in the back of lane one you have lane three then in the back of lane two you have lane four five seven six eight etc etc they have it all perfectly organized to where everybody has a register to work on, you know, just in case we get busy. And there are times in the short time I've been there that, yeah, we'll get busy enough to where they will call people up, you know, that have registered experience. But, you know, most of the time it's just with regular, uh, regular cashiers and we're not bored either. And here's the thing. They don't say anything either about you just, you know, standing there. Yeah, you got to keep busy, there's no doubt, but they don't really say anything much. You know, as long as you find something to keep busy, whether it's cleaning your, um, you know, your area, you know, like wiping it down and everything with, 
you know, the spray that they they provide for you, or you're organizing, bringing forward some merchandise and stuff. Um, besides that, you could just stand there and, you know, just wait for people while you're working. And when you stand up and you see somebody, you just bring them and say, hey, I'm over here. And they'll go there. You know, it's a lot more, it feels more organized. It feels more, well, as some, some of my family put it, it feels more cleaner, if you will. It feels more cleaner. And, and the people there are more friendly. They are more friendly. In fact, I know, in fact, one of the people I'm friends with is the granddaughter of one of my, me and my mom's friends uh, from church. And now she lives in Turlock. But, yeah. You know, it's got friendly staff, very understanding people, you know, and and I'm I'm glad about that. I'm I'm really happy to you know you know be part of that in, in, in a in a huge way. I really am. And those are some dogs going off because, or howling. Some dogs outside howling because the some sirens just you know went by in certain areas a little bit. But yeah, uh, basically, long story short, as I mentioned. Uh, long story short, like I mentioned, um, it's uh, it, it feels more, as my family would tell me, more cleaner, more organized, more cleaner, more friendly, period. I mean, were, are there some things that they took out of the store that used to be there? Absolutely. There used to be a pizza. That's gone now because they're using it as the fulfillment area. Uh, but from what I understand, it's going to get turned into an office as well. So that could be a good thing or a bad thing. It might be a good thing. We'll see. If anything, I got a feeling it might be an office for, for not just a store owner. It might be an office for AP. Just got that feeling. I don't know why. Uh, the other thing as well that I like about it is, and I mentioned this in the live stream I did after work yesterday, is they have security doing walkthroughs, not just in the store, but they have them doing securities outside. They do walk, you know, they do patrols outside for a little bit to make sure there's nothing suspicious going on. Which is good, because Walmart never did that. They never really did that. So I'm glad they're doing that now. I'm glad they're doing that now. But yeah, the, but yeah, between the two, like I said, I think the biggest difference is one is more organized and how they situate things by category and association with each other. Well, the one, even though it might be organized and okay and everything, you know, doesn't, you know, doesn't have it in that manner whatsoever. They just have it in a way to where it's like, here's one area, here's the other. And if and to me, I think that's really bringing a lot of people down a little bit because it's like, well, you know, you should have it organized to where if we're shopping for groceries, we should be able to look on the other side and see stuff that we need to use, that we, that we need, that we could use with those groceries, um, if you will, at home. But they don't. And I think that's what's kind of uh, hurting them a little bit, if you will. But maybe they might improve. We'll see. But again, the biggest difference between the two, like I said, is one feels more cleaner, more friendly, more organized, eyes uh, and everything. You know, you know, has the security doing patrols even outside, but also, like I said, has everything situated and organized, categorized by association and connection with each other when it comes to like, you know, what you need. Like I said, with the groceries that we have, the grocery section we have, you know. On the other side, you have like utensils, you have spatulas, you have everything associated with grocery. I think it's great. I really, I really, really think it's great. But yeah, those are the differences, though. As far as I'm, as far as I'm concerned, earn just from the short time at Target that I've had, 
and the six and a half years I've had at Walmart, I could definitely see a major difference between the two. And the difference definitely puts, and I'm not saying this because I'm working there now and trying to kiss up or anything. I'm saying this as unbiased and as truthful as possible. Just in the short time I've been there and even being there as a customer in the past, you know, point has to go to target for the way they have things, you know, worked out in my opinion. Because they're even letting people know ahead of time that, hey, associates and even the customers, they're letting them know ahead of time, hey, we have a remodeling happening. So, you know, get ready for that. They're even hiring people to be part of that remodeling process um, as well to kind of work in certain areas. But overall, I'm cool. But overall, like I said, a point has to go to them. And again, I'm not saying that out of favoritism because I work there now. I'm saying that unbiasedly, you know, because I was in there as a customer in the past and I saw... Uh, basically, I saw basically how more organized and everything they are because they have everything, like I said, situated in a way that there is a connection and association uh, with each other in some shape or form. But anyway, though, guys, that's going to do it for the sixth topic. And by doing so, that's going to do it for today's topics on my mind for February 8th, for February 8th, um, uh, 2022. Probably one of the longest topics on my mind I have ever done in a while, clocking in at over three hours. Really appreciate you guys being here for this. Uh, those that did stay and remain in the live chat, thank you to Gino Morgan for the super chat of $5, guys. Gino Morgan TV super chatting me for $5. Thank you very much. Really appreciate that. And, guys, super chats and super stickers are open doing premieres that I'll be doing with videos and all that as well as doing other live chats in the future live streams. Um, they are open and are appreciated if you could do them either way, doing a live premiere or a video or doing a live stream. We'd really appreciate it and all that. As well as you could check me out at Venmo at Brian-Walmart-2 to help donate there. We really appreciate it if you can do it. As well as check me out at Patreon.com slash BWRoses to help donate there with a $1 or $3 tier. It would be really appreciative there. As well as check me out at BWS's discussions on all your favorite audio podcast locations, except for Pandora. Listener support is activated on Anchor.fm if you're listening there. And if your uh, podcast and if the affiliate for uh, the BW, where you can find BWS's discussions at, like Amazon Music or Spotify, has video podcasting available, I encourage checking that out, out as well, using that as an option to watch the podcast or even just listen to it as well. So like I said, BWS's Discussions is you know, available on all those except for Pandora. Also check me out at Vimo, well, if you will, at BWS's for content. You can't get anywhere else except there due to copyright reasons or whatever. But until next time, guys, thank you all for joining me for this live stream, very, lo- very long live stream. Really appreciate it. And until then, God bless. Take care. I'm going to take a bit of a break right now, guys, before I do any more content. And I will talk to you later. Again, thank you to Dino Morgan TV for the $5 Super Chat. Again, like I said, Super Chat. Again, like I said, guys, Super Chats are open. Doing the live premiere of videos and all that. We'd really appreciate it if you can help me out there uh, when you do so. And like I said, Venmo and Patreon are other places as well. Venmo at Brian-Walmer-2. You'll find that in the description. As well as check me out at Patreon.com slash BWRoses for the support me with a $1 or $3 tier. So until next time, guys, I will talk to you all later. Have a good day. I am out. Peace.